Good afternoon and welcome to Media Memoirs 16. It might not be the afternoon for you, but it certainly is for us. <laughs> We're here to talk about the games, movies and perhaps music that we have been consuming in our journals um, for the last few months. It's been a while since the last podcast, so we do apologise for the delay. But uh, as ever, joining me are uh, Nazara Nation, JMO, and uh, Invader Sam. How are we doing, folks? Doing great. Yeah. I think you've made, you've made quite an assumption there, mate, that people are, are listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, you've just alienated we are, we are thriving. two-thirds yeah. of our audience. If yeah. any of them are listening to the podcast and it's not the afternoon, I don't know what they're doing, yeah. honestly. They're in the live. States. Yeah. And also, you know, it's not the afternoon for Sam either. So well, that's true. Hopefully... Yeah, how rude of you to yeah, assume that it's I feel like the afternoon. We just screwed what that one up big time. Yeah. Restart. Yeah, get your facts right. <laughs> get your facts right. Check her. Oh, Hello. Hi, all. Yeah. Ah, We're back. We have indeed returned when the world needed us most. <laughs> We've we've come back. Well, we're we taking for, for us days. <laughs> just uh, just put us on at your Thanksgiving dinner. You know, this should be out by then. Hop us on. Yeah. Oh, I don't know Hop us on. Then. Yeah. <laughs> just probably gonna air in like February. <laughs> February. <laughs> ah, so have we all consumed over the well, past I, few I've, months? I've I've got so much <laughs> just in my body. Uh, I think I'm going to burst. You're going to burst. You're I'm going to burst. I can't hold burst. it in any longer. It's been so many. It's been so long. It's been so many months of media consumed, and no one to tell no one about to my tell. media. Like, who's? I need. I need to get off my chest. Need to get off. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe my memoirs are so long. I can't believe. No change there, then, Jamie. No yeah, change. no lines there. You get it, yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh good. Talking about gracious. Nintendo today. Mm. No. About, no. Oh man, I should have. Put down, to, I wanted to, to knock off an hour. Yeah. No, we got an hour, an hour spare on the podcast, <laughs> haven't we? Will? I could have. I could have. I'm sure I could have thrown in some Mario Wonder stuff in there for a Putting while. That, yeah. <laughs> some new, um, yeah, some Switch stuff. I could have put that in there, but yeah, this yeah. week, yeah. I could, I'll save that for the end of year show if we ever do an end of year show. But yeah, if we ever do, yeah, <laughs> we can't promise that. No, we can't. <laughs> this, this could be it. This could be your end of year show. Yeah, you Have you not been consuming media, Sam? <laughs> I have been consuming so much media. I'm also about to burst. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's get started and. Get all that out, you know? Let's we have so much right. to talk Let's about. Just lay it out on the table, guys. <laughs> lay it out on the table, yes. Right, so the media that we've been consuming. Ben, you went last last time, which gives you the lucky honour of being able to go first this time. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. Well, get, what's my prize? I mean, your prize is you get to bear your Very soul good. to the listeners. I get to get this all off my chest straight you away. You're the first one that gets to release. Okay. You're about to burst, so you yeah. should go um, <laughs> I'm only going to talk about a couple of things today because there's just been so much. And I'd rather like talk about two of the big things uh, that I'd love to talk about. Two games. Because um, there's been so many good games. 
yes. this year. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. There, I yeah. can't you can't keep up with it though because I know, so I know, like games. especially now, the last like, few months. Like, yeah. <laughs> I still, you know, I'm sure we will talk about Baldur's Gate three later. Um, oh, but you know that's Baldur's Gate. I yeah, yeah, but yeah, still yet to play it, and that's like my next big game because there's been so much yeah. stuff. I'm the same. Um, I haven't touched it yet. Even yeah, I'm desperate. Um, I'll probably do it at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll probably do it this month. Maybe, maybe next. Um, but mm -hmm. I have been playing a couple of um, big releases that did come out uh, recently. Um, first one, I obviously want to talk about is uh, Spider-Man Two. Um, yes. Yes. I finished the game uh, a few days ago, um, and I think. They just, they just know how to handle this IP. They know Insomniac Games know how to, how to, how to do a proper Spider-Man story. Um, obviously, it's hard to talk about stuff without spoilers, but um, it's certainly. I mean, even just the way the game starts, um, it really does start with a bang. Um, there's an incredible sequence, uh, opening sequence. With a, 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 a proper classic Spidey villain, um, which just like blew me away as soon as I played it for the first time. I was just like, whoa, okay, here we go. Like, strap yourselves in. This is obviously going to be like, you know, I, and, and I'll say now, I absolutely loved the first game. It's one of my favorite uh, PlayStation games that's come out in the last 10, 15 years. And also, I think it's actually one of the best like Spider-Man stories that's come out in in media in recent years. I think it's really, really well done. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I also really liked the Mars Morales uh, spin-off. It wasn't really a spin-off; it was actually kind of necessary to play. Um, but I really liked that as well. Um, so going into this, I was like, su I was super excited. Um, and, and straight away, you're in this incredible opening sequence with these amazing visuals and this big, open, expansive um, sort of boss arena. And it's just, you know you're in for a good time when, when it comes to these games. Um, the visuals were just, uh, just incredible. Um, the city itself now, yeah. it was impressive in the first game. Um, but they've just obviously taken it up to, a, to to the next level. They've they've expanded it a, 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 a bit. Um, they've added in Queens and a couple of the other uh, areas on the uh, eastern side of New York. Um, and because it's obviously a bit bigger, they've they've added in these uh, web wings as one of the new um, abilities. They're, cool. They're really cool. Really those cool. Web wings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it helps to get, I mean, the traversal of the city's always been good anyway. In, in the first oh, yeah. moment, it was good. Yeah, yeah. But actually, to those web wings and the way that you can, um, oh, what's the word? They actually work with the webs as well. So you can yeah. intertwine seamless, them together. Seamless as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Completely like, that. that's one of the, been one of the most impressive things about the game is actually how seamless all the transitions between all the different animations are so like you like no matter what position miles or peter are in they always seamlessly go into say say you're doing web swing and they always seamlessly go into a web swing even if you, they look like they're in a really weird sort of uh, angle mid-flight so they've taken real care with like the animations and the 
motion capture as well. Um, but yeah, I wasn't 100% sure first 10 minutes about the web wings because I was like, oh, is this a bit like Superman? A bit like, am I feeling like I'm flying? Um rather than just gliding but actually once you get more into the game and you 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 get these like um like these wind tunnel areas that can sort of help you traverse um over long distances and it is actually a really fun addition to uh, the traversal because obviously it's a it's a it's a, a much bigger map and yeah the the web swinging and stuff was amazing in the first game but it did it was quite slow you would, you would, you know, it would take you some time to get from one side of New yeah, York to the yeah. other. But this, you can literally get there in like a couple of minutes. Um, and there is and, a, just sorry, yeah. there is a fast travel mode, but you have to basically do everything in certain yeah. areas before you can fast yeah. travel to that borough. Which so, I thought was interesting, yeah, yeah. that they, they locked that behind yeah. doing doing quests in the districts, mm. um, which I thought was fun. But I think nine out of ten people aren't going to be using the fast traveling no. i think the web swinging and the and and the the moving around the city is just way too much fun mm. um it was the same in the first game even though there was fast traveling I, I would barely do it because it's just so much fun to live out that fantasy of swinging through new york and being spider-man so um it was the same thing i think i only fast traveled once uh whilst playing this one I'd, i've um, used it for t- so the center of the Times square area of new york um that area because it's so far from where a lot of the main story stuff is even though you do go in yeah. there in this city i opened that area up as a fast travel bit because i knew that that area you don't really go to it much in the story so yeah so i thought right because that's a great area to mess around in and yeah. get take photos and do all your captures and everything so yeah definitely i think it's a really impressive open world um not not like the most in-depth in terms of like side quests and things like there's there's stuff that goes on um but i did eventually find myself just mainly focusing on main quest stuff um which i mean the story itself is is so good um obviously if anyone you know unless you've been living under a rock you you know the the main villains in this are obviously uh craven uh, and venom um and both are done so well um craven was uh exactly how i would want that villain to be portrayed um it, again they just know exactly how to do these characters justice and 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 they know about the source material um that they're working with and they're not trying to do anything crazy but they did do a different take on Venom, and I absolutely love this alternative version of him. Um, it's not, it's not like super um, different, but they've never done a story with Venom like this um, before in any of the. Like this is a completely original take. Um, I think obviously because I'm, I'm thirty three percent through. And obviously the bit when you actually get the symbiote suit, and it's no spoilers because everyone's seen this, the bit when you get a symbiote suit is such a big heartbeat of the story. Yeah. Everything leading up to that. And then you kind of, you get a sense of where Venom's going to come in later on in the game Um, from that bit. um, But the way that, 
when you get the suit, you actually get to spend time with it as well. So whereas previous, like the only other time we've seen Spider-Man with the Venom suit is obviously Spider-Man 3 in the film. And they didn't have enough time to build Yeah, it was that. all very rushed and, and yeah. there was too many villains in that film. And This builds that. It lets you come to yeah. get used to it. Yeah. And, and, and you get, and, and the way they do it is very clever in that you get used to it even before Pete gets it. Mm. So like it's, it's a, it's a constant thing throughout the story. Um, even before, um, it, um, even before Spider-Man gets it. So, and I love, and I won't go into any sort of spoilers, but the, the, the overarching Venom storyline is incredible. Like what they do with it. Um, and it's very much like I figured that this was probably going to be the way that they did it beforehand. I was like, well, I would assume that Venom is going to be like the main villain overall. And obviously Craven is obviously another big villain in it, but I don't think he'll be the sort of, you know, big mm. finale. Um, but the way that uh, it, it's so hard to talk about, but there is there is a there is a, a moment in the game where stuff happens with um, Venom and there's stuff with Craven as well and people that have finished the game will know exactly what I'm talking about and it is just one of the coolest moments in like uh, if you'd have told me when I was a teenager when I was a little kid that I'd be able to do the stuff that I can do <laughs> in this game yeah. I'd have I'd have you know, I would I wouldn't have believed you because what they do with Venom and 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 that that storyline is incredible, and I love the the whole story around it and how they wrap it up, and it's definitely up there with with the first game. Like I, I've been trying to sort of think to myself, like you know, which one do I prefer? Because I I love the first game, and and undoubtedly the gameplay in this game is better. You know they've they've streamlined the abilities, and now obviously you've got two main protagonists, and you have three different skill trees: one for Peter, one for Miles, and one which is a joint um, for both of them. And I love the way that they've 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 handled that, and they've streamlined the abilities and the gadgets. Uh, it makes it a lot more fun. Um, and I think I, 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 I'm still quite raw, you know, with my opinions about it. Like, I, I think I love them both equally in terms of the story. I loved what they did with Doc Ock in the first game and um, sort of Sinister Six stuff. Um, and I love what they've done in this game with Venom. Um, but yeah, it's, I think you can't, like, if you, if you love the first game, you're going to love this. And I think the only criticism that I could possibly have is I think they actually properly missed out on an opportunity for this game to be co-op. Yeah. I, I really think Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could split screen it. One side's playing yeah. as Miles, one side of screen's playing as um Peter. Yeah. I un um, I understand why why maybe they didn't they didn't want to like restrict themselves, but even just a even just maybe a a, a separate mode where you could um, there's no story stuff, but you could just use all your abilities. Then there'd be may maybe custom-made quests 
for a co-op mode and it would be maybe you could bring in um a villain like a side villain um and say like that's the villain that the co-op players will fight and have to overcome and then if you don't play that as a single player you don't play it and it's it's fine it's funny you say that because the the area that i thought was would be ideal for it there's a side missions that you get with miles morales and they're given to you by another spider-man baddie those areas would be great to go into and yes. co-op. Oh, oh, do you know what? That'd be absolutely perfect. If, if that, yeah, I know exactly what ones you're talking about. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, that would have been absolutely perfect. That, 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 in, in fact, I can't believe they didn't do it because that, that makes so much sense oh, for yeah, that but, villain to yeah. be the one involved with a, a mode like that. That would really, that would really work because you can then have all the creative freedom you want because of, yeah. um, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the that's only so thing sad. I would say, but well, they could have turned it into a boss rush almost. Yeah. You could, yeah. have, because of that villain and because of what mm. he does, you could actually have other bosses within there as well. Yeah, because he'd be able to like create them and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be really, really, really cool. Um, but yeah, Spider Man Two. Um, you know what you're getting with these games. Um, I think it's probably. Currently, my game of the year, uh, but I'm I'm fairly sure that once I get around to Baldur's Gate three, I'm probably going to have a different opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I don't want to. Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think you guys thing. are ready for the hype that I have coming to you. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've so many people mention it. Just Ben, just on Spider Man two quickly. There is one thing with the combat which. Obviously, it was a bit of an issue in the first Spider-Man game. Um, how do you feel about the the enemies that have the guns? When you're doing the combat, you're flowing, and then somebody fires a rocket at you, and it's it sounds so minimalistic, but that's the one side of the combat that had me pulling my hair out at times. Do you know, it's one of those things, I think because obviously what you have to do is... Do a, a, a dodge, mm. don't you? Mm. Um, and it's but very then... hard to get the visual cue of the spidey sensors around the Spider-Man's head yeah. when he's about to be shot. When you're jumping around and web swinging and, and, and in the middle of all the, this fighting, there's all these particle effects going on. Yeah, it is hard sometimes to be able to see that because um, you get that you get a sort of a line, don't you? Yeah, from, you get a line. And yeah, you get the, and you get the spidey sensors, but it is actually because. <laughs> It does look like that line of sort of spidey sense, I guess, from the gun to him. Mm. It does kind of look a bit like a web, yeah. and like and the and the and the spidey sense itself can get lost in in the mix. So yeah, I've definitely had trouble. Um, I remember in the first game it was the same. Yeah, and I, I think trouble sort of um, getting into that. Eventually, I was able to be like, right, I need to think about dodging here, and like just just be like fully alert to it yes well see i found that as well what i found was and it's a bit like combat in a dark souls game you know where you have every bit of combat has a set amount of animation time yeah so you're you're wailing in on someone i'll say it's one of the big dudes that you have to dodge and you have to use stuff you're wailing in on them when you've got an opportunity then the bullet fires down and then you'll get a missile launched at you. And then all of a sudden, because of the time it takes for that 
combat animation and it's really smooth, mm. it's the timing of that animation. And I yeah, think sometimes it, yeah, if you commit to an attack that you can't yeah. cancel, yeah, then yeah. you're just sort of screwed. You're screwed. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. I think the first game it it was there. And I think I probably papered over it in the first game because it is so good. And this, with Spider-Man 2, I was expecting, on the combat side, I was expecting them to streamline a bit more. And it is streamlined a bit more. It's still fantastic. It flows well. But like I say, the bit with the the guys with the guns, you still have yeah. to, You almost have to plan. You have to plot. Have to be quick as well. Like yeah. You have to, you know, be... It's, it's, it's definitely the kind of combat that you have to be... It's, you're not going to have a chill chilled out experience you have to be kind of a bit alert you have to um, be ready for anything but yeah um that's pretty much it i think i think it's i think there's a really easy solution to that that i always use and it's just to play on easy mode (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah there you go yeah um cool yeah and i'm you know i'm interested to see what they do with wolverine because that's obviously the next yeah the next one but then how are they going to into well obviously no spoilers again. There is something that links to it in Spider Man, yeah. but so we'll, then, yeah, the thing is, as well, they've got DLC to come for this Spider Man yeah. game as well. So, I wonder if they add some sort of hint or something into DLC because we'll see. There's, there's rumors Daredevil's on the DLC. Right, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Um, cool. So, going from Spider Man 2, um, to another really big game released um which i have some opinions about um and that's starfield oh we were talking yeah. about this before the, before you came on yeah gotta talk about yeah. starfield yeah um jamie have you played it i've done 14 hours 14 um i played it through funnily enough i played it via cloud remote play through my chromebook through the xbox game pass app you so, enjoying it so far <laughs> I sounds like a loaded question. <laughs> I, you know what? The the issue is I've kind of played this type of um this type of Bethesda game before and it yeah. doesn't match up to the Fallout or Skyrim. Interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting you've sort of come to that conclusion that <laughs> yeah. quickly. Um Yeah. Um Starfield. Um Starfield. I've played about I think I think it's a, close to or near enough about a hundred hours I would say. Wow, wow! Um, since it was That's released, crazy, I was, man. I was, crazy. I, this was all I was playing when it came out. Wow! And I'd say the hours first. Sorry, say again. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to be funny. I said a hundred hours of gameplay. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Who who does that? Um, <laughs> who do such a thing? Um, With the, yeah, I, I, I would say about 50 hours of that. The first 50 hours I loved. Um, so I thought you were going to say 50 hours of that is the space to uh, planet animation. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'd say the cracks started to appear from that point onwards, though. Mm. Um, now, I do, I did. There's, there's stuff that I love about the game, um, like uh, the worlds themselves. Mm. Um, obviously, it's a very vast uh, game with over a thousand planets, um, and the scale it is very impressive. And there's a lot of planets out there that you can go to, and it is very impressive uh, what they've done. Um, the uh, space combat 
is fun. Um, whilst it's quite it's quite basic, if you were to sort of compare this to like a, a an Elite Dangerous or yeah. a Star Citizen or something like that, it's not going to be as in depth as those sort of. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot more casual for the Xbox gamers, but it is. You know, it serves its purpose and it's fun. Um, and so is the the actual ship building itself. I think that's where I sunk so many hours. Is I would just sort of sit there sometimes and I'd just be like fiddling with different ship parts and and just creating really cool um, combinations of uh, uh, parts for for different ships. And that's where I think that's the thing that they've gotten right mostly <laughs> I, I i agree because i had a little yeah. i had some fun with the ship building and i yeah. i couldn't believe how once you know what you're doing because each ship has a yeah. mass have a, a bit mass of a, a learning to. curve to yeah. it doesn't it like you yeah. do have to sort of uh spend some time with it and be like oh that's what this means and that's what's that's what's going on um it does it does work really well there, there there's stuff that needs to change in it though the needs they need to be able to like give you the freaking option to like move the ladders and doors about inside the ship i mean christ i've spent hours and hours trying to figure out why the f that certain doors aren't in certain parts and it's just ugh, anyone who's had that problem as well will know will know my pain um but that, that but that is a really fun system and, 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 I, and i really want them to like go deeper with that like in a future dlc or something like use that system but for like space stations or something, let's make a space base, you know, but with that system, that'd be so cool to add that sort of stuff or like larger ships, like um, cruisers and things. And let's like dock with our own like battle cruisers and things. That would be so cool. If they added those extra layers to it. Um, and I love, I, I love the theme as well. I love this, like that they, they refer to it as like NASA punk um, <laughs> where like, that all the ship parts and the, uh, the the technology is grounded in reality, and it looks very NASA esque, um, and it does help you to like really like immerse yourself in this quite realistic um, world and universe. Um, and as always, uh, the soundtrack is incredible, um, and it, and Bethesda seem to always have this like particular sound with their music that you you always know that you're playing a Bethesda game when you when you sort of hear this music um and it's incredible it's a it's a, it's a great soundtrack um but the stuff that I didn't really like <sighs> we said it already it, it's a bit of a loading screen simulator it really is <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah uh it's it, it's this engine is showing its age. And I think mm -hmm. when you go from something like, you know, say what you will about cyberpunk, but go from something like cyberpunk that has this huge detailed world mm -hmm. and city that has absolutely zero loading screens to Starfield, where actually a lot of the space travel inverted commas is a loading screen. And the fact that you can like fast travel everywhere just takes away this like, it just takes away that feeling that I think that they that they they said in the trials and things that they wanted to give people this like you can go anywhere do whatever you want and you're and you're 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 an explorer and it's like I'm sat here looking at a loading screen it's like yeah this is a nice animation for for traveling in my spaceship but this is a loading screen and like it really takes you out like 
I know we talk about it a lot on this on this pod, but Jamie, if you think about like how you would do um, traveling in between different star systems, oh, straight away, yeah, yeah, straight away. Feeling of that, I don't think any other game has done it as cool as what Elite Dangerous does. When you you enter this sort of warp effect, and you you suddenly burst into this star system, and this star is shooting towards you as you as you stop. It's an incredible sort of uh, visual. With Starfield, it's like it just feels like you're in lots of skyboxes. Doesn't yeah. feel like I'm in space, and yeah. I think that's I think that's the issue. Um, and I think the combat is a bit. It's quite basic, and the game the gameplay loop is it isn't super intuitive. It's a very simple sort of basic shooter with jump packs. And you also get some generic powers. Yeah, I think, like, you know, I mean, I love the vibe of it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, it does feel very much like a Bethesda game. It feels like, you know, Fallout 4 almost, I would say, like the, the combat, without obviously the um, whatever that's, that thing is. I, yeah, would, I, would say, yeah. I would say Fallout 4's combat is better. This is yeah. the thing. Yeah. I think it does feel like this wasn't ready it, I think it just, to me, it just felt like Bethesda really need to innovate in what they do, exactly. and they exactly. haven't innovated in have, this game. I think they've been caught out a bit with this, because there there isn't really any sort of innovation here. It is all very basic systems and an outdated engine, and it's mm. it's starting to show now, and I think there's a bit of pressure on them now to get Elder Scrolls Six right. Yeah. Because whilst no, don't get me wrong, I, I I I enjoyed my time at the beginning with Starford. I did, I did you know, but then once the the sheen sort of came off it, and and I and I started to look at and some of the problems started to keep happening, and I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of a bit feels a bit half baked, <laughs> and it's you know even even like the the one of the things that they that is probably the best thing they did in Fallout Four was the base building. Yeah, yeah, and it is way worse in this. It, it is way more watered down. There's nowhere near as much as many options. Um, a lot of stuff is 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 um, locked behind skills and perks, whereas in Fallout Four it was just all available to you, and you could just do and make whatever you wanted. And it's like actually it doesn't really feel that necessary at all to build a base, especially when you've got a ship. I think that's the thing because the ship that you make and you fly feels like your home feels like your base. So making outposts just doesn't feel necessary. And it's like, well, you, there's, you know, you can, you can farm resources. And it's like, well, I don't yeah. need to farm resources to make bases. There's no other real reason to do it. And it just feels, it feels shallow. And did, um, did you play the outer, um, outer worlds? That's the one. Isn't yeah. It? That's, that's right. Yeah. 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 I, know yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it feels like it feels because they're both made by like um, Bethesda-ish companies, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Outer Worlds Obsidian. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they do feel similar, but I would, I think, I do prefer the Outer Worlds oh, just because it's it's humor and uh, just I don't know, just it just feels a lot more smooth. It's, and... a, it's a smaller universe in that as well. The planet yeah. it is very similar though. The way that you go between loading screens to planets in Outer Worlds, and also the characters as well, and. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing the professor have really, really, really got to work on. Because mm. when you look at things these days, I mean, we'll talk about Baldur's Gate, right? But when oh, you look yeah. at the NPCs in Baldur's yeah. Gate compared yeah. to, like, Starfield, <laughs> it's like looking at a game from 10 years ago. Because, like, one of the things that I've noticed most, and I've seen a lot of other people say the same thing on the Reddit, and um, is that the NPCs in, like, games like, uh, even, like, again, Cyberpunk or, or Baldur's Gate 3, there, there, there's characters having conversations yeah. with each other. There's NPCs having conversations yeah. with each other. Whereas in Starfield, every single NPC reacts to you, yeah. and they're always talking at you, even when you're not engaging in conversation with them. And it's like it's kind of this weird, like immersion-breaking thing of like these characters. All these characters are all just standing around silently, not talking to one another, but they, but they always talk to me when I walk past. It's this weird, like. Just little things like that that sort of break immersion. It's like and you're in the Truman Show. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You feel like you're yeah. the main character r- yeah. rather than being immersed in a world. Mm-hmm. And I think on on the actual NPCs themselves, I think they really. Even though I love this, I love the theme and the style, and they're trying to make it more realistic. But I really think there was a huge missed opportunity for there to have been alien races in the game yeah i was about to say like mass effect mass effect 2 for instance you know with i I think this is the thing that gets me that there you say about missed opportunity like mass effect 2 was doing the characters and the world to immerse you you know for years beforehand and why I, I, i i i understand it to a certain degree and i think Obviously, the main quest would then be a bit like, what's the point in the main quest? Because it's obviously mm. about well, what, what are these artifacts and who left them there and all that. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like they have such a, an amazing sort of array of different races in like the Elder Scrolls games. You have your Argonians, your Khajiit, Orcs, and and all the all the sort of humanoid um, races and they're also have such rich backgrounds and they really add to the experience and make it feel like a fantasy. Just having humans everywhere in this is kind of just, just a bit boring. Like, <laughs> yep, you know, it's just I want I want to go and you know discover different cultures and different alien races and you know that'd be so much fun to go and like and and see what you know what sort of creative choices that they they would make you know because i'm sure there was there's there were loads of people at bethesda that were dying like dying to to show sort of different ideas on alien races and things but you know it's a creative choice and you know that's what they wanted to do and it's not you know it's not a deal breaker it's just i think it's a missed opportunity i think it's just one of the many sort of layers of you know problems with it um and actually the i think one of the the big ones is I can't. I understand why games want to do this huge, you know, thousand planets. It's all procedurally generated, but then the problem you get is that for one, exploring these planets becomes a bit repetitive because you're getting procedurally generated things that keep popping up, and you can tell when you know, a developer hasn't had any say in where a base is sat or a, or a, um, a mission is taking place or, you know, it gets to a point where you, 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 you do the exact same science facility 
on three different planets with exactly the same enemies, and they have the exact same loot drops in the same containers on three different planets. And it starts to show that the procedural gen- generation approach is probably, you know, not the way to go. I think they'd have been way better off if they'd have just kept it smaller, with more detail, have like 10 planets, let's say, with like huge detail, like custom built sort of locations and quests and rather than this procedural generation. And it is impressive and it's it does it does sort of give this huge scale, especially early on in the game when you mm. sort of first see the star system and you the star map. You're like, oh shit, I can go to all these places. Look at all these planets in these places. I can go and land on that planet and but the cracks start to appear and it shows and it begins to show just how shallow the ex- the exploration is in a game where they say this is about exploration and about charting a course in the stars and you know and 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 the actual on the ground exploration on a planet it becomes a bit of a running simulator yeah you know, there's no no vehicles to yeah, explore with a ground vehicle that comes yeah. in in the in a DLC or something it's just it's too repetitive and the and the gameplay loop that's what happens eventually when you've been playing because you, you you are you know Bethesda games are supposed to be played for a long time. You know, these aren't 20 hours and done. You know, you're going to be uh, in these games and immersed in these games for ages. You know that you, you go into that expecting it. But then when you get this repetitive gameplay loop and repetitive locations, and if I have to do the same fucking science facility one more time with the same loot boxes, with the same loot in them, I'm going to lose my shit. It's like, why? 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 It's like, it just feels rushed and it feels like this whole game is a missed opportunity i think i think it was yeah i'm 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 disappointed i don't hate it because i think eventually it will be good once they update it and they add more things to it i'm sure in 2 3 years there'll be way more content the modding community will obviously make stuff but you shouldn't have to rely on the modding community to to fix things i think that's you know i'll be annoyed if if bethesda don't do enough yeah i I had a question (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i had a question so i've read other people say that another thing that kind of ruined it for them was um planets being similar and like the way they look and resources mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like on completely different ends of the star system. Yeah. Is that something that you notice too? Yeah. That they... It's, it's that, that, that's the procedural generation thing again, like because they're obviously just going off templates for these, these procedure generated um, locations. Like basically each planet, like it has different biomes so like there'll be like tropical forests or there'll be desert plains and there'll be mountains and there'll be frozen plains. Um, and they definitely, you know, copy and paste those biomes on the different um, planets. So yeah, you do, you do turn up on a planet and be like, God, this looks very similar to the one I was on five minutes ago. Um, yeah. It sounds kind of like the issue that people notice with No Man's Sky. Yeah. Yeah. 
from what you're it's, saying. But again, that was a procedural generation thing. It's like you're relying so much on making this huge, you know, what's the what's the analogy? It's like um, uh, it's as big as an ocean, but as shallow as a puddle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good analogy yeah that's no one. it's but that that, that that is this yeah. i think that's why games like um you know spider-man and uh and, and yeah. Baldur's gate have, have done so well this yeah. year is because you know ubisoft for example have really i mean even they kind of went back to basics a little bit with the new assassin's creed mm. game and it's just i think gamers are a bit tired of traversing great distances for you know oh, very little yeah. rewards mm. And yeah. uh, and I think you know I think you know, I don't think it's going to get any better in the coming years because of all these live service games that are coming out. Mm-hmm. But um, I think gamers are looking for these kind of crafted single player yep. experiences yep. for sure. That's the thing. Like Bethesda are usually really good at handcrafted dungeons, and yeah. I look back at Skyrim and I think all these all these handcrafted dungeons that they would they put around the world and all these really interesting side quests my god are the quests in this game dull <laughs> there is like there are so many just side quests that are just fetch quests and they're just so meh so there's a there's a it's a bit of a meme now but there's a there's a fetch quest to get some girl a coffee she's like can you go <laughs> and get me a coffee and i'm just sat there like are you for real, Bethesda? Like, who actually thinks that this is what I want to do? And I have to go like through like three different loading screens to get to the area yeah. with, the <laughs> with the coffee. And it's just like... Personally, I'm tired of those kind of quests in video yeah, games. Yeah, like, yeah. that's it's it sad just starts to feel repetitive at some it, point. Just going, go and get this thing, bring exactly. it back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's just. It's sad because, like, I, I, I remember sort of having this conversation about some other games before. But it's like I, I, I do, I do, I don't hate it. Like, there's potential mm. for it to get better. Mm. And if they like iron out some of this stuff, then I think they've got a bit of a gem on their hands. But they've just, it feels, it feels like it needed another year. Mm. I think that's kind of been a bit of a running theme this year, yeah. though, hasn't it? We've had a lot of great yeah. games, but also a lot of. Bad ones. I mean, Bethesda have not been having a great year, have they, with Redfall no. as well? And yeah. <laughs> this is a, like, it's been a huge success for them. Mm. Um, and I think there's still people that love it, and I'm sure there'll be people that disagree with what I'm saying. But mm. I think it's just... it's just, and, and I had those opinions in those first sort of 30, 40, 50 hours. I was loving it. But it, you do get to that stage where you're like, I'm doing the same thing over and over. This isn't very... See, yeah. actually, just yeah. saying it, there is something quite fun. Did you go for the storyline where you have a mum and dad? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really <laughs> like that stuff. Really, I like... That's, that is great. That's a really good idea. So, you I have love your, those. Yeah. They just pop up. Your mum and you're doing a mission. <laughs> you're like on your ship, and then all of a sudden, your mum's on the ship talking to yeah. you. I love, yeah, I love it's the. It's so funny. What are they? Is it? Um, they're like they're like background perks, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Or like, it's so like. Um, I, I think I I picked. Um, I obviously went for with the, the 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 parents, and I went for the adoring fan. Um, <laughs> and uh, I forget what the other one was. That I, oh, the 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 that I had a bounty on my head. Oh yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, those three things were really cool because, like, yeah. like you said, like it, it really changed 
that the, they're optional perks that you can have yeah um that change the gameplay experience yeah um they have they have positives and negatives so like the 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 the, the positive and negative for the the mum and dad is that Obviously, the positive is that you you um, have a place that you can stay mm-hmm. uh, with them, and they give you things, they give you yeah. gifts. Um, but the negative is you have to give that, like they're in money troubles, and you yeah, have to yeah, give them money every yeah. every few days. Um, like the the um, the bounty hunting one is obviously a bit self explanatory. Um, you get bounty hunters coming after you, but I think you get like a damage boost um when you're below like 25 percent health or something yeah, yeah. so like they, they, there's like pros and cons to each of these things and i, lo- I love that because actually because i i sort of started off thinking oh actually with all these perks i'm gonna i'm gonna play like a bit of a scoundrel i'm gonna be a bit of a hand solo i'm gonna be a bit of a bounty hunter i've got a bounty on my head you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm not gonna be like a goody two shoes i'm gonna be a bit sort of on the edge and it and it really helped to sort of role play that and it and it and it, and it was really cool and that was that was fun to sort of role play as this sort of space scoundrel going about. But then once, you know, it's, it's once all that fades away, you start to see the cracks and you start to see that, damn, they, they could have, they, this, I think that's the, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. This could have been so good. Like it could have been a, a nine or a 10, but at the moment it's like a six or a seven. Yeah. I think, um, from what I've seen from uh, game game of the year awards, you know announcements and stuff, God, yeah. I don't think Starfield's going to be a game that's re- remembered like Skyrim, for example, no. is no. unless they no. go along the route of improving it yeah. in a future iteration. So, like yeah, the legendary yeah, yeah. edition, like Skyrim. Yeah. But uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty forgotten. Yeah. I think the thing is though, these things. I think these companies as well, when they make games like this and with a track record they've got, I think they almost have to have a moment like this where a game that was hyped mm. so big hasn't performed as it should have been expected to or it's yeah. had. I, I think that's actually quite good because it means they can go back to drawing board and yeah. then they can move forward again. I mean, Agreed. we mentioned yes. Cyberpunk earlier and Cyberpunk is a perfect example. That game, like not so much a story, but the open world is phenomenal now. Like yeah. obviously when it, all the bugs, they've rehandled it. The way that two point oh update wasn't there? Yeah, it's the phenomenal. DLC. The whole thing, yeah. and with the PlayStation, obviously the PS five, the haptics are in the trigger for when you fire the guns and everything now. And mm-hmm. yeah, it. But you have to have a have issues first before you can get to that point. So yeah. I yeah. think Starfield will. Starf- you're right. Starfield will. It'll, get It better. will. It will get better, and it'll be really good in three, four years. I've no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt. And then, um, then they'll start working on the Elder Scrolls finally. Yeah. <laughs> big pressure on that. I think there's guarantee, big pressure on, on yeah. Elder Scrolls 6. I guarantee now. two years down the line, Starfield will be on the PlayStation because they will need to make money yeah. to pay for um, the, yeah. like, say the next I think, Elder Scrolls. I think a lot of the reason why Elder Scrolls 6 is only now going into pre-production is because they are being so um, ambitious with how they want that game to be. I don't even think mm. the technology is ready yet. Yeah, I think they, that's probably why it's taken so long. It. Exactly. Yeah. Get so, money yeah. Behind, so yeah. Anyway, um, I know we've been on this for a while, so yeah. <laughs> Starfield. Yeah. We'll see. Hey, we'll ben, see where it's I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and ask you for your song of the the podcast. Oh, but I don't know if you've even got one prepared. I did. Do you know what? 
I was just in those last couple of minutes. I was like, he's going to ask. You're me thinking for a, about it. I'm about to. <laughs> um, let's go for um, obviously Taylor's version of 1989 came out with Taylor Swift. Oh. Um, some new songs on that. So I will go with um, uh, one of the new songs, Now That We Don't Talk. Ooh. We'll go with that. Interesting. Interesting, Ben. Interesting. Curious. Why is that curious? I don't know. You just don't. You just don't come across as Swifty, but I, really? I, I do know. I do know you listen to them because obviously I do stalk your last you, FM you page. Do, so. do. <laughs> <laughs> is it nice? It, it's like yeah, you got Will watching you. Yeah, looking. You know what really annoys me about Ben is that his PlayStation profile is private, yeah. so I can never see what he's been uh, playing, and it really irritates me. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that as well. I noticed. It. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought like it was open. I thought it was. I thought no. it was open to my. Um... We can follow you and friends, but we can't see what you're can't playing. See what you're doing? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Look how you're both like so offended by that. (laughs) What are you hiding, eh? What you got? What you hiding? I'm hiding so much. (laughs) I didn't know that. I thought I just hidden it from uh, non-friends. No, you've hidden it from us as well. Yeah, you bastard. I'm so sorry, guys. (laughs) Outrageous! Outrageous! That's amazing. It's so funny. Oh god! Right. Okay. Well, uh, it's me up next because I went second to last last time. God, look at this! Look at this I system. I don't I remember know. if I talked about Forspoken already on the podcast. You haven't, yes, no. you did. I thought you did at the start of the year. Yeah, because you said you got it. No, it was in the chat in the was um, it in the PlayStation. I, or was it just I in the think, chat? I think you put it in our um, WhatsApp group. Oh, okay, I think, I think I did. How much okay. you liked it? Yeah, yeah right. I'm going to. I mean, that was right at the start of the yeah. year. So you probably yeah. did. I know I, I did listen back, and I think I just talked about the PS5 because we've only done one episode this year. <laughs> I just want to I make sure I'm not repeating can't remember. myself. Yeah, because no. you talked to right. me about all the games you play. So I don't. That's true. That's true. <laughs> They're all kind of mixed into one. Right. Okay. I'm going to talk about Forspoken. Even if I talked about it before, you probably Let's don't go. remember anyway. Let's go. Um, I think this game is criminally underrated, and I know it's a meme, right? And I know it's a meme for me to like the shitty game of the year, right? <laughs> I know this. <laughs> I know this. Ugh. But right. If you look past, and I will admit, the dialogue is cringe in some areas, right? But if you take bits of dialogue out of any game, right, you'll get cringe moments that just look cringe. Okay, so Forspoken is basically, and I guess I guess you call it an isekai genre of game where somebody normal is thrown. I'm sorry, into that a is fantasy complete... world. I have no idea what that means. So you don't watch anime, Ben, so you no. wouldn't. But for any anime viewers, it's just a genre of anime where right. a normal person gets thrown into like a medieval world right. or, or, or a different world. So Frey is a bit down on her luck at the beginning of the game. Things aren't going well in her life. She's, you know, about to be evicted. And all she has is her sweet little cat who she has to then give away to a judge because she got into some trouble because she was in with the wrong crowd, right? Anyway, she's kind of feeling sorry for herself and moping, and she sees in the window of like a, an auction house these cuffs, these golden cuffs, and they're kind of glinting to her in a magical sort of way, inviting her to come and take a look. And uh, obviously, she does, and puts she touches them, and she gets transported into um, you know a magical world that I'm trying to remember the name of as we speak. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find it. Athia. That's it. Athia, of course. <laughs> uh, she gets transported into Athia. And it's this kind of, you know, 
magical medieval world that has been corrupted by the people that used to protect it, right? So there's like these uh, women that used to protect the kingdom and they've been corrupted somehow and there's this big fog all over the place and there's only one safe city left. And essentially Frey is kind of forced to, Frey is the main character, she's forced into like trying to kind of figure out because the cuff that she touched is now attached to her arm and she has magical powers right and the cuff also talks and i do think he's a great character and while some people might think it's a bit cringe his dialogue i think it's pretty funny pretty dry british humor i would say um yeah and it's just great it's a real showcase for what the ps5 can do in my opinion because you have those you know all that all the haptic feedback and the the triggers and everything and you really feel as though you're kind of casting these spells and traversing the world and you remember ages ago when they kind of announced like unreal the new unreal engine or whatever and there was that tech demo of of a, of a woman kind of jumping about and it was all really cool and it looked really great it is that movement right i think this was that tech demo originally yeah, yeah, i remember that yeah and uh yeah the movement is so good the traversal is amazing and you feel really cool just kind of bopping around the environment and firing out spells and stuff uh the story as i've said is that classic kind of uh you have to save the kingdom but but the way it kind of goes about it is uh, it's just really cool all of these different four women were like paragons of a different virtue um so strength and love and things like that and they all have different fighting styles and different ways in which they can can defeat you like illusions and things and just just the abilities are so varied there's four different types of magic you can use and each one is like strong and, and weak against certain other types so you're always having to use like this um you know your 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 brain to uh to, to kind of figure out what attacks to use and uh and how to go about defeating them and i think it's 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 not the prettiest game i will admit there are pretty moments in the game for sure um definitely vistas and stuff are really beautiful but it's definitely not as pretty as it as it as it looked when it was announced you know it's that classic kind of watchdogs thing oh, God, yeah. where it's it's not it's it's definitely had a bit of a downgrade i'm, I'm surprised by that because square enix it is square enix isn't it yeah it was square yeah, enix they 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 do have a track record of you know m- making things look good yeah i you think know? it was surprising to people because looks great yeah it was luminous productions who i think had done one of those uh final fantasy games let me see let me just video games yeah final fantasy 15 for the ps4 xbox one and pc is what is the game they had done before uh, they did uh, Forspoken. And uh, I think the reason it doesn't look great is because they used their own engine. So it was a luminous, luminous engine that they'd kind of built off of um, Unreal or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think that was a mistake. They probably should have just kept it. But the um, the Unreal real engine anyway, It's it, you do get the new Unreal Engine 5, because I've been playing the game on Unreal Engine 5 as well. You do notice the fluidity of the character movement mm. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think Forspoken, obviously, although the game, you know, it's had a lot of um, disappointing chats, but I know you like it, but the movement <laughs> is great. It is now, the best part of yeah, the game. Yeah, I've seen the like, movement. It, it flows. It really what? flows steadily. What, what, what was people's issues with it? Because I, 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 I don't I think, know much yeah. about 
I think just the dialogue was a bit of a meme because, mm. you know, Frey is very kind of Gen Z. Um, so the dialogue was a bit meme. And I guess people just didn't resonate with it, with, mm. with its story. And, and it's just the world of it. And again, the graphics were were downgraded. So I think people thought yeah. thought that as well. Yeah. But I really do. Th- it's it's so good. It really sucked me in. Like games don't often suck me in like this, that I have to play it constantly until I finished it. And then I was so excited for the DLC because they kind of continued the story a little bit with um with DLC and the DLC was really good and it was a bit of a prequel sequel so it carries on from the end of the game which does have a bit of a twist to it um that I think you do see coming a little bit <laughs> but uh yeah it has a bit of a twist and it kind of carries on from that and it, it does upset me a little bit because the very end of the DLC like you learn more about the taunters from like before they turned evil and stuff and you kind of see how that all started to happen and uh, it ends with a bit of a tease for w- what could have happened in the next game, which is obviously never going to come. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and the DLC had different abilities and a really, really good tight story as well that was uh, that was a lot smaller because it is a huge, world. yeah, it is a huge open world, and I definitely haven't explored all of it in 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 my playthroughs. And again, I think it's just a bit kind of. Um, JRPG in the way that it kind of presents its side quests and things like uh, there's like little cutscenes that happen every time with a little um, title card of what the cuts it, what the side quest is called. So it does kind of break up the gameplay a little bit when you talk to people and, and things like that. But uh, I, I just loved it so much. It is probably my favorite game of the year. And uh, I am sad that we probably won't get more Forspoken because I think it does. I think it does deserve uh, another another game to continue it. But uh, I want to yeah. know. I, I don't know. So many of these games, it's always up to <laughs> us, isn't it, to save the world? Yeah, it's always, well, it's always us. It's always us, isn't it? Well, it's, well the, the game does explain. Along. <laughs> the game does explain why you have been chosen specifically, and I think it's a very satisfying and yeah. logical reason, right? So uh, it definitely I'm just exhausted with saving the world. You, you don't want to save it. We need more games where you dominate the world. I think. Yeah, yeah. You want to be the evil one yeah. for a change. <laughs> It is fun, even though I have a hard time being mean to even NPCs. So, yeah, right. You always want to. I think the only person I punch is that reporter in Mass Effect every time, and the um, the old Hanar as well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there there are some there are some renegade options that I always do. <laughs> like always, I feel like if you do if you do a a, a a run of Mass Effect and you don't do any renegade. Like yeah. they're missing out. Missing oh yeah, out, there's, there's some funny bits. Some <laughs> no, there's really funny the, bits. Shepard gets way more personality if you do the odd, the odd, the odd par- um, the odd renegade <laughs> every now and then. Anyway, sorry. It's all right. We get we get sidetracked by Mass Effect anytime. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Forspoken is. I think it really is my game of the year, even even above Baldur's Gate, which is amazing for different reasons. But Forspoken wow. just uh, really caught me, and just Frey's character really caught me, and uh, yeah, loved it. Every that's, second of it. That's a high praise. It's above Baldur's Gate. I, I don't think it's. I don't think as a game, it's better yeah. than Baldur's Just Gate. For, but for me personally, yeah. right? <laughs> and that's okay. I, I wouldn't yeah, say no, that. That's, that's, that's cool. That's good praise. But hey, if you see Forspoken on sale, it's definitely worth your time. You will. You will. I think I think it is right now. It. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's really cheap right now on like Black like Friday. Yeah, you could pick up for about fifteen pounds. Mm. Definitely worth fifteen pounds. A hundred percent, without a doubt. 
yeah, so that is uh, the game I'm going to talk about. And we haven't really talked about movies, but <laughs> we haven't done a podcast since this movie came out. <laughs> I've got to be honest, it's the best movie of all time, isn't it? What Barbie, is it? let's go. Oh, yes. <laughs> God, yeah, we haven't, we, haven't done we, haven't, we haven't done a podcast. But, right. um, Sublime. Oh, God. Sublime. <laughs> Uh, I was so excited for this movie before it came out, and uh, I remember I went to see it, and I was I was sitting there in the cinema with my mum and sister, who were not very excited about it, um, and I don't think mum really understood um, kind of the message, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I was sitting there, and you know those moments when you're watching a film in the cinema, mm. and you're like, this is. People are going to be talking about where you were, oh, like where you, know, you watched this. Yeah, I know it sounds really fucking poncy, but like, <laughs> it. Oh god, I, I'm going to cringe at myself for saying it, but it is it is more than a than a movie, right? <laughs> like it was. Because, I agree like, with that statement. <laughs> it, it was it was like an event. Like mm. me and Tony went to see it. Like there was just people everywhere like you can tell who was going to see it because everyone was dressed in pink yeah <laughs> and like you know we both got dressed up and like it was just this not only was it an incredible film but you could just feel like everyone like you just hear everyone in the like there was so many people around us crying mm. it was just like this joint like you could tell everybody in the theater was loving it yeah, and we were all yeah. laughing and crying at the same time it was such a special film absolutely loved it me too man it's nice when films do that yeah it's you know you don't i mean we've had a few in the past few years but they've all been linked to big like continuous franchises this being the first barbie film it's great that it's had that you know Mm. it's gone the way of a special movie and you know that's really good loads of people i know that have gone see it and said it's fantastic it's you know it just is. It just. I mean, for women, it's a really important movie, and I think for men as well, because Absolutely. I think, I think, I think, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of men that could benefit from uh, from watching uh, yeah. it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I just. I mean, it's so funny. It's so, so funny. I don't think I've <laughs> laughed that much in the cinema. Genuinely, so funny. Just. I mean, the yeah. music, everything about it. I mean, I own. I think three items of I am Kenneth merchandise. <laughs> I have uh, a smug on my desk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have the I have the hoodie that he wore at the end, and I also have a shirt that says it as well. They couldn't have cast better in this film. Just just no. the whole cast, absolutely. You know, not just not just uh, Ryan Gosling and no, they, they, Robbie, yeah. Margot Robbie as well. Can just I just say whole... that this movie devastated me as a woman? <laughs> I. I have not cried that hard in a movie theater since Avengers Endgame. <laughs> wow. Wow. I just want to say. Yeah, um, that is... yeah especially uh, the speech that the uh, girl's mom, I can't remember her name, but that she gives yeah. about all of a woman's struggles. Uh, goosebumps. Just Yeah. I started crying because it is so true. And for a movie to the movie was so much more than I thought it would be. Mm. And for a movie to put women's struggles out there and that that'd be the forefront of it. It and was they did it so well. Yeah. Like it wasn't cringe. Mm. It wasn't like it was like you, they couldn't have done it any 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 better. It was it was perfect how they handled it. 
It was a beautiful movie. Yeah. Just a cultural moment, a bit like Avengers Endgame, I think. A cultural moment that we all just kind of shared together over the yeah, summer. Loved it. I loved the whole experience. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I think it was my, um, Oh, it was my second five star of the year, but it's definitely my favorite movie of the year without your first five star. So it's just because I watched it sooner. I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll talk about it unless anyone else has anything to say oh, about Barbie. Oh, 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 there's another five star coming. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, you, well, you guys won't agree with this. Five star. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, yeah. So there have been a lot of great movies that have come out this year. Uh, I'll just mention a few like a hauling in Venice was really good. Um, Gran Turismo as well was way better than I thought oh, it was going to be. I've still not seen that. My son went to see it and I haven't. Oh, J-Mo. It's, it's wow. a very good movie. One of my top of the year, definitely. Yeah. But the other five-star movie, Blue Beetle as well was all right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fine movie. Definitely fine. One of the movies <laughs> um, of all time. Definitely one of the movies that came out this year. And also Marcel, the shell with shoes on. Hugely, <laughs> hugely great. <laughs> Honestly, guys, if you think you, <laughs> you'll cry. You'll cry, Marcella yes. Shell. Yes. Oh my God. Marcella Shell was amazing. <laughs> can, you, can you look up look Marcel the Shell, please? <laughs> You'll cry. You'll cry. <laughs> a film called Marcel the Shell. Can you look it up, please? Oh God, he's literally. We <laughs> got to watch yeah. that movie together because I needed, I needed a hug. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a warm hug of a movie. Yeah. Uh, it might come up with loads of things, Jamo, because it was originally oh. a YouTube series. Oh, was it? So, uh, yeah, but made into a movie. on. Yes. <laughs> Marcel yeah. the Shell. No, you're all right. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very good movie. Very, very powerful movie. And just really sweet and cute. And I loved it. But you've not. It's all right. So don't worry. Anyway, oh, anyway. But anyway, don't worry. <laughs> anyway, the other five star movie. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's a bit cringe. <laughs> All right, so nobody had high hopes for this, but it actually blew it out of the park, right? This is one of the this is one of the best movies in this franchise. Okay, I'm nervous. The second mm. best, I would say, the second I'm best really movie nervous. in this franchise. Hold tight, people. It is um, <laughs> Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Let me tell you okay. guys. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you. Right. The Transformers <laughs> franchise had been on a downhill trend up until Bumblebee came out, right? Bumblebee is a very good Transformers film. Um, this is a follow-on from Bumblebee, and it's got the Maximals in it, right, which are the transforming animals as yes. well. And it is just, it has a lot of heart to it. There's a, a really good voice cast, and I don't know, it just really um, brought me back to the wonder of kind of when I was younger watching that first Transformers movie on the big screen, because it, it just is, it's not trying to you know, be this crazy action movie. It's not trying to sell you things. It's not trying to sell you Bud Light. It's a, it's just a Transformers movie with really, really cool moments. Like, it... it Oh, guys, I don't know what to say about it. It is just fantastic like some of the some of the scenes the fight scenes with the maximals and the uh, transformers teaming up are really good it has a really good like and the movies do need to stop doing this but i really i, I kind of forgive it in transformers it has this really good avengers endgame style moment in it where like all the transformers and maximals kind of come together to fight the the, the bad guys that i mean they were pretty forgettable to be honest Mm -hmm. but um yeah and just the music and just the characters like bumblebee gets some great um some some great kind of character depth and um optimus prime as well i think the story is really kind of focused on 
how Optimus is trying to get, you know, the, the Transformer, the Autobots home to a Cybertron, which is still exists. And um, just how he's trying to go about it and how he learns that maybe some things are more important than that. You know, maybe there are some more th- some things worth fighting for. I think it has a lot more Transformers, you know, character um, growth than previous movies, which focused a lot on the humans, which this one still does. Like, we just need one without them. It'd be great if he could just get them back to Cybertron for a sec so we could actually have that movie, right? The War for Cybertron. Why they haven't done War for Cybertron style? I I just don't get it. Well, they could actually string it together. There could actually be a whole trilogy there. And you could, you know, and if they don't want to go completely non human like you could have one of the humans get transported there and you have to try and get them home or whatever yeah yeah so why don't you do that i mean there was a there was a bit of a glimpse of it at the start of bumblebee um but uh yeah i mean i I just think it's great it's fantastic and it has the best ending i've ever seen i remember (laughs) i was in the cinema and it kind of happened and i think i was the only one that really knew what it was and i just kind of (laughs) laughed out loud that they'd done it but it, it links in with another Hasbro property at the end, and it's just <laughs> the best thing ever. And I can't wait for the inevitable crossover movie that's going to come from it. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, oh. all right, spoilers. Spoilers. I'm going to. I'll spoil it. I'll spoil yeah. it because I think everyone knows already. Anyway, in general, and it's not like this crazy thing, but it just got me. So, at the very end of the movie, the human that has been helping the Transformers is, you know, going to goes to a job interview, right? And he's having this job interview of you and the guy's all a bit being a bit cagey and he gives him a card and he opens up this kind of like bookcase in the back and uh the kid flips the card over and it's like gi joe oh god <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> really and i was like oh yeah let's go wow <laughs> let's go so, oh. so they're linking trans so does that mean transformers and gi joe is a proper movie that's going to happen oh i hope so jmo i hope so <laughs> i'm ready for it <laughs> how well, like how well do you think these films do? Because they keep churning them out. Well, transport Rise of the Beast. Let's see, let's see. Rise of the Beast. I do think there's a bit of um, fatigue. Budget, right? They are big budget. You think they are yeah. big budget. Yeah, like it was. It cost uh, two hundred million and yeah. it made four hundred and thirty nine. Right. Okay. So, so it didn't do fantastic, but it did about the same as Bond. Up Bond until movie. I think it was the last night, which was basically they were their films were making a billion each time. Yeah, the last night is absolutely terrible. Oh, that film stinks. The one before though is even worse. Age of Extinction, I think it might be called, but that one with Galvatron is is absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen in my life and deserves all of its hatred. But yeah, I think this is return to form for Transformers. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it because it has some of the coolest moments in the Transformers franchise and it's just amazing. Sam Sam will totally agree with me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. <clears throat> like, I don't know, just great. Just just really, really good. Really liked it. Really loved it. Okay, I think um I think that is all just a quick shout out goes to um robocop rogue city which i'm still in the process of playing uh it's on my christmas list people say that's actually it's actually it's 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 way better way better than it has any right to be and it's 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 violent and hilarious Mm. and ridiculous just like robocop should be um yeah, that's it. And I guess for my song of the uh, the podcast. Now I haven't played this game because I am too scared to do so. Uh, so I'm just um, looking up what it's actually called. 
But I've seen a lot of um, gameplay footage from Alan Wake 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And in particular, one one kind of sequence from Alan Wake 2 that has probably the most ridiculous kind of glam rock song I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's amazing. Mm. So my song of the podcast is Herald of Darkness by the Old Gods of Asgard. Wow. Wow. Right. Okay. Sam, you're up. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it is I. I'm I don't excited, think you guys Sam. are ready for this. I don't. I'm I think excited this is, for I'm, this. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be the most I've ever spoken on this podcast. <laughs> there is so much to say. There is so much to say. Let me guys tell you. Um, first and foremost, I would like to talk about Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> that is a mic drop moment. Yeah, yeah mic drop. So, um, JMO and Ben, you guys have not played it yet, you said? No. Haven't, no. but okay. I know I'm going to spend yeah. like the, the, the rest of my life probably playing it when I do <laughs> it. It's a time Honestly. sink, isn't it? It's a massive time sink yeah. needed for it. Okay, where to begin? I should have had like a presentation presented for this. <laughs> we needed a PowerPoint and everything. <laughs> Let's start with the character creator. Which <laughs> <laughs> we'll spend about three hours in because it's so in-depth. <laughs> Honestly, um, the thing about the character creator, like when you first start, is I wish that they had more body options. Um. This game, first of all, is very inclusive to everyone, and I love that the most about this game, because you can choose your pronouns, your gender, like how you want to be referred to into the game. You can change your uh, your bits <laughs> to whatever you want them to be in the oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, your voice, um, and of course, it's a D&D video game. So you get to choose your class and your um, all the things that go in that with character creation. You know, there's so much when you create a character, well, depending on like, like nearly fifty like subclasses already. Yeah, yeah, it's not crazy. Um, so my first character I created was a druid, and I st- I still have not finished the game. I can't bring myself to finish the game, so I've made like six characters. <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't want it to be over. I love this game that much. This yeah. game is everything that I have ever wanted in a adventuring RPG game, to be honest. And it is, it has set the bar so high for other studios. And I know that the other, like, you know, much bigger studios have said that consumers don't need to expect that same level of quality oh, yeah, but I, yeah. I think they're gonna have to step it up <laughs> how many years this this has been this was cooking for like years yes yes yeah. there is so much love and time that has been put into this game and it shows it was in early 100%. access for about two years wasn't it as well yes and i think that yeah. is what contributed to it being so great mm. like from day one and of course, I mean, all games, when they first come out, have bugs. Every game's going to have bugs. But Larian Studios has been so good about, I think they've come out with like five different patches now and 11 hot fixes. It's like every time a concern comes up, even the most minute one, they, they get on it to fix it. 
and they're giving people what they want. They're caring about what us as gamers, consumers want, changing things, trying to round out stories when they're not like companions, when they don't end, when they don't have like a well-rounded ending. Mm. They try to work on that. So I heard that the because I was listening a lot about Baldur's Gate, I've listened to loads of podcasts about Baldur's Gate three. I've heard that the actual community management feed at um, of Larian Studios, a lot of the feedback they got from the gamers and the players that were in the early access, mm-hmm. they actually took note of it. Whereas some companies maybe ignore it for their own vision. The Definitely. Larian yeah. took note of a lot of the feedback from the community, which I think is superb because it, it got the game to where it is and obviously they could build upon that. Definitely. Yeah, they definitely they definitely did because there, I think there were two romance options that aren't that weren't in the game originally that they then added after community yeah. feedback. Yes, Halzen, I know for sure, was one that um he wasn't originally uh, going to be a romanceable companion, but they changed it so that he could be. And um, the romancing of companions in this game is insane. <laughs> and what I mean by that is whoever you have in your party, like decisions you make, there's so many things that you do that affect how your companions see you, their approval rates. Um, and it's, I think it's great. Cause like you, you get to know the companions more through that. Like if you do something good and someone disapproves and you're like, wow, <laughs> um, I have a favorite and (laughs) um i i'm a little obsessed i'll be honest (laughs) astarian is my favorite and i've tried romancing different companions through my six playthroughs and i just can't because i have completed his story and no spoilers but um these characters are so much more than you see on the surface and the writing and the voice acting like these voice actors and the writers of the characters put everything that they are into these characters and it, it shows and it's, uh, it's been a while since I played a video game that made me cry, but this game (laughs) has made me cry so much. And without like giving spoilers, Astarian is a trauma survivor and um, a lot of people who have played the game have been able to uh, to heal in a way by experiencing his healing in the game. And I think that's really beautiful. And another thing, this community of people that I have found that also love this game as much as me, like the voice actor Neil Newbun. Uh, he actually has a Discord server, and they, they have mods, but it is the most welcoming and inclusive place that I've ever seen. Like, there's no place for homophobia, transphobia, anything like that there. It is a completely safe place for people to be, to be themselves. And I'm getting off topic of the game, but the community <laughs> is phenomenal. 
Like everything about this game has been such a beautiful experience. But back to the game. <laughs> it's built something. It's built a special um, following behind it, though. Yeah. The actual before a couple of months before it came out, everyone was talking about it, but it wasn't talking about it as like they normally talk of like big, big game products going. This game's yeah. gonna blow you away. The talk was about how good it was gonna be. Actual, you know, the actual state of the the game itself, not the hype. The talk was all about the game about itself. Like the quality of it. Like the you could quality, tell, yeah. You know, they were saying things about like how, you know, most players, you know, 95, 99% of players are not going to see every single thing in the game because it's that vast mm-hmm. and everything has been meticulously handcrafted. And, you know, there's a reason, you know, one of the big reasons why probably the community is, is so good for this game is because when you get a company like Larian, who are very modern and they're very accepting of every of, of of everything, and they put that love and care into the product, you're then going to get you know you know it's going to then be reciprocated, and it's mm-hmm. going to be you know you're gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna get um, people resonate with with these characters, and it's going to be a special moment for people. It's going to be you know that's i think that's that's the thing that's most impressive about larry and studios is that they're so accepting of not just um topics like that but also criticism and like mm-hmm. you've done this wrong can we change this and they'll do it you know Definitely. and and they and they're just such a i remember i i think i watched they did like a i forget what they what it was called but it was like a pre uh, release sort of two hour um, like event that they just sat down and they just went through some stuff and you could just tell how much they just love being developers and you can obviously feel that in the game because mm-hmm. you know I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is the story stuff like I'm a big D&D nerd I've played, I've played D&D now for Same. years and <laughs> It's a huge part of my life now. I do it every week. And like, so being able to play a game like this, you know, I'm so excited to properly get into this. But like, what would you, what would you have? Like, you, you said you, you play D&D too, Sam. Yes. I, what I'm was it still like for you playing this? I would say, I'm still a beginner, I would say. And that was another thing I was going to mention is that I haven't been playing very long. Um, and there's still some things that I don't know about the game. Like I still have to pull up my spells and yeah. all that. But this game has taught me so much about D and D and spells and um, different specs and how to like build a character. It's, it's really helped me so much to understand the game more. And that's another thing that I love about it. Cause now yeah. like in, in the campaign, I'm playing with my friends. Like I know like off the top of my head, okay, well, I can do this, this turn or this. And a thing I love about Baldur's Gate is I am, when I play D&D, I love to use the environment to my advantage. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm the worst about like yeeting someone off of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that this game, like you can use things in the environment around you. It's, yeah, it's like D&D to uh, help you. 
Yeah, from what I've seen, it it definitely has that freedom to do whatever you want. I've seen loads of clips yes. of people like stacking a million boxes on top of one another to get to break into a castle or blowing up five hundred explosive <laughs> barrels in barrels. the town. You know, <laughs> there's so much that there's so much freedom. <laughs> Yes, it can be as chaotic as yeah. you want it to be. And I love that so much. I love the freedom that you have. And that's the thing I love about D&D, the freedom to be someone else yeah. for a bit. And to uh, it's really helped me to nurture my creative side a little bit more. Yeah. In 100%. both ways. I could sit here and talk for hours about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> hours yes. about that. Yeah. Back to so the game. Good. Yeah. I'll get back to the game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about the game are is, I mean, other than the freedom to be who I want to be and the different routes that you can take, like none of my playthroughs has been the same, honestly. Um, depending on who my character is, who I decide they are, their values, so many things can change. And there, there there's a an option to play as the dark urge yes i've seen this yeah and that whoo it's completely that has, like, different right me. <laughs> it's like it's not like full it's not like a full evil playthrough is it but it's like there's like no, no there's yeah. like dark magic that you get given or something yeah, I don't want to spoil it yeah. for you. Um, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like you can either re try your best to resist or you can just go with it, you know, and yeah. depending on what you decide to do, it's, oh, it's nuts. It's so nuts. Like, and I am, like I said earlier, I can't be mean to NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> so when something bad happens, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to go back. I have to go back. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. say that I have never in my life saved scammed a game like I do in this game. <laughs> like, I, I want to do a playthrough where I don't do that, but it's yeah. so hard for me not to. Do you know, I think people get too much stick for save scumming. And do you yeah. know what? It's like, if that's how someone wants to play the game, that's totally fine. It's like, I, I, I know I'll be the same. If something happens and I'm like, no, I don't want that character to die, I'm going to go back. <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The main reason I do it is when <laughs> this shit goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Astarian disapproves of something or a choice I made. I'm like, no. Like, um, you guys know how much I hate top-down style games. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm well known yeah. and documented for hating this style of game, but I, I think it might be because the cutscenes are not like that. So the yeah. story is not yeah. like that. It's like a but, proper uh, play game. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely, I, I really do love it. Not as much as Sam, definitely, but uh, is, uh, is is absolutely incredible, and just the freedom that you have, and just, I mean, it's a beautiful game as well very pretty and as sam has said the depth of the characters is something rarely seen even in games you know like uh, I, I would say the characters are deeper than you know mass effect characters for example wow well that, that's good characters. that's good yeah. yeah my companions as sad as it may sound i feel like <laughs> they're virtual right but they are my friends like i care so much about yeah. my companions and finishing their quest lines and like fighting to the death for them in every playthrough 
but that's it's, that uh, is good game design that is good writing yeah. i felt mm. the same about the crew of the normandy in mass yeah. effect like it's the same <laughs> like that's just testament to just how good the story and the uh, the character development is but that's that's unique and listeners if you have your mass effect bingo card and <laughs> three strikes if you have the three mentions within one hour 40 you've won a speedboat well also, done there's also been elite dangerous that's a staple yes uh, we've had assassin's creed that's been in three <laughs> <laughs> oh dear controversial will opinions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some some pretty crazy experiences in this game it's just I love that it, it is chaotic as D&D can get sometimes like uh, situations that you come across and you're just like what is this <laughs> and you guys will see that when you play through yeah. um but the character writing, um, I've never played a game where I have felt such emotional attachment to characters. And I get this way with TV shows, movies, and books. Um, I cry over fictional characters all the time, but I love every one of them. Like, as even if their personalities are abrasive to me, I'm just like, well, like, you get to know them more, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like... They they're all going through something. That's the thing, isn't it? Absolutely they, terrible. They're all deep yeah. characters. It they, they 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 lay that foundation so that you will go into it thinking, okay, well, why is that character like that? Rather mm -hmm. than it just being like face value stuff. I am so excited for the game awards because uh, Baldur's Gate won a lot of Golden Joystick awards. I think and it's gonna yeah. I think it's gonna clean get a clean sweep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah um, I am a I'm a huge fangirl now for that for the voice actor of Astari and just because of the <laughs> like if if you guys decide to have him as a companion and go through his quest line like you will see just how much of yeah. himself you put into the character and it just means a lot to me because you actually you actually can play as him can't you if you want to yes yes, yes you can yeah. also play as any of the origin yeah. characters it was it was the same in um, uh, Divinity Original Sin two. Um, Larian's previous game, you could actually play as the um, the NPCs. Like I remember, like back then, a lot of people said actually it's a better experience to play as the NPC because it's a more fleshed out story and you miss stuff if you don't play as them. But like I feel like this isn't as much like that. I feel like you you get an amazing experience if you just create your own character. By the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I know that's the only way that I'm going to have a playthrough and not romance yeah. the starriness to play. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, it's really something, and there are some huge choices in the game that your uh, approval status, like even if you're not romancing them, but your approval status with your companions, you can uh, persuade them one way or the other. Like if you if they're wanting to do something and, and you, you don't see it being a good outcome for them, or if you just want to see what happens, like you can roll persuasion checks to uh, try to convince them not to, or to do, to do it. Um, and it's just crazy. Cause I mean, they're just, they're just people with their own problems and their own things they're trying to get through. And 
What a beautiful game. I could just go on and on about it. Like, Will probably gets tired of hearing me talk about Starry <laughs> and Carlac. And <laughs> the one thing I found with it, and uh, I had to install a mod to get around this problem <laughs> that I face in many games, is it's hard as hell. <laughs> even on easy, even on easy, it is a hard game. And I just installed a mod to level me up immediately. Is almost. that because of the battle system in it? It's just yeah, the combat, the combat. Itself. I think just, I, mean, I mean, the combat. Or, is... I think core like D and D combat is, you know, it's not easy. No, so, I think you just yeah. get into situations early on in the game where it is so you're, you're you're like completely surrounded by enemies and there's just no chance. So you have to kind of think about exactly what you're going to do and if and you know I mean things change depending on what race you are as well. So yep. certain true. certain characters will let you what, through. Um, class did you play well? Uh, so I was a drow uh, bard. Bard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I also haven't finished the game. Um, but um, yeah, it's interesting how, how how kind of you know characters react to you based just on those kind of two different choices that you make and the dialogue options you have based on those choices. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. The combat is really really difficult. I found. <laughs> So yeah, I just and there's uh, like a there's like an ultra hard mode. Yeah, I can't imagine how hard it is. I'm like not easy. I think if I'm I try to play it on balance because uh, in balance or tactician mode you can multi class. Tactician, that's an easy mode. Yeah, in that Um, tactician mode, isn't there like they they even add in more like environmental dangers? It's not just a it's not just a a difficulty spike. It's like they (laughs) add like new things to the battlefield. Environmental things are so annoying. Like when you, like for example, if, you, if you're battling like goblins or whatever, right? They have these drums that they can go and hit to reinforcements. <laughs> and if you don't destroy them, you're screwed, <laughs> right? So you have to yeah. kind of spend your first yeah. turn destroying these like things that they can use to to call for more. And it's just like, yeah. please leave me alone. I just want to do this thing. Let me out. Oh. I think that the first playthrough. I kind of wish that I would have played a bard, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel an attachment to my wood elf druid as well, because uh, the the voice line, like the, the choice options you get as a bard are hilarious sometimes. <laughs> like and, when they miss a shot on you as well, you really, you really like absolutely destroy them verbally. So that's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> it's great. Uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on about the game is the multiplayer mode. Uh, when Will and I first got the game, we tried to play together, which it's it's fine, but I am impatient and yeah. miss out on conversations yeah. because like if he's talking to someone, there's there's the option for me to tune in and see what's going on. Yeah, but that like was once exactly he's the same that, um, yeah. for their, their 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 previous games, they 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 allowed co-op in the the two Divinity games. Um, and I and I played a bit of the first Divinity co-op, and yeah, you do like even in those like you do miss out on like if the other players off having a conversation, you're missing out on it. And it's like, I just don't know. I love that that option's available for people. Mm. You just yeah, just you miss out on a lot. And it and I think this kind of game is a single player experience, isn't it? Like it's a yeah, story driven, so. heavily narrative. Like I think with a party of four, you might be able to do it, yeah. or however many the maximum is. But you have to really all be together all of the time yeah. because I feel like you yeah. do, and it kind of makes you feel like, well, whose story is this? And, then, and who's who's saying where we're going? Like, yeah, like who's um, making that? Is story? it is it couch co-op multiplayer as well? I think though? So, so then so. that 
that type of thing would make sense on the PS5 version when you're sat playing at a home with like someone in the house with you. That yeah, that would make things better. a bit yeah. easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you'd see the conversations come up. Yeah, there is there is LAN co-op, so. Yeah, I would like to uh, finish our playthrough together, but <laughs> I'm just I'm 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 impatient, and I am like a I'm a loot goblin. I like to loot every <laughs> single barrel. So I'll be, you know, running around or trying to go talk to a rat or something. And Will's just like talking to people and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but I, I mean, it is, it, again, like I said, it is really great. Great characters, great story, great graphics, great gameplay. If you put cheats on, I mean, uh, um, <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no definitely lots of love. No shame in it. No shame in it. No shame. Well, I mean, listen, listen, guys. I'm old now. I had limited time for video exactly. games. So. <laughs> You're not having fun. You make it fun. Exactly. And I, yeah, again, I, like the story is so so good. And there's people that come back from older Baldur's Gate games. If you ever played those, uh, it's great. It's great. So now you've just um, made me want it more, Sam. <laughs> you definitely should play it I, oh I yeah it's definitely my you. next it's my next big game i i, I need yeah. to play it today i like I, I start having like withdrawals if i don't play it <laughs> <laughs> oh see now now that is that's how you know it's a, a 10 out of 10 yeah. game when you're thinking about it when you're not playing it and you want you're like mm-hmm. desperate to get it back it's a it's become my cozy game yeah like. <laughs> yeah um, I'm excited for the Game Awards, and I hope that they get the recognition they deserve. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um, it was between Neil Newbun and uh, for Baldur's Gate and uh, the narrator for the best supporting actor. Um, and oh, the Neil, golden joysticks. Uh, the golden joysticks. Yeah, and Neil, Neil won, and I was uh, I cried about that, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's done a lot of good work. Like he was in uh, Resident Evil Village as well, mm-hmm. um, and he does a lot of like uh, motion capture for games too. And he's just a f- phenomenal performer, yeah, and a great guy. Like I hope that they do cons over here because I would love to meet the whole cast because I love them all, him the most, but I love them all, and they're all just great people. Where where do you think this sits then, Sam? In like, I know it's a hard question, but like, this sounds to me like this may be in like your top games ever. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other than Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn, mm. this game is probably the, my most favorite game I've ever played. My that's entire amazing. Life. Wow. That is yeah. Awesome. That's. But it's then, like I said, it's everything that I've ever wanted in yeah, an RPG, yeah. and and they they listen to their consumers and they give people what they want, and I respect Larian Studios yeah. for that, and they've set the bar high, so other game companies just need to step it up. Set the bar high for themselves as well for what they do next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they're only a small studio as well, aren't they? Yeah. So where do they go yeah, from so- here? Well, I think they've said they they they're now moving on to. Divinity Three—that's like their next, um, their next project. But they've—they've they've definitely set high expectations with this one themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that if a small studio like Larian Studios can do this, then why can't other game companies? You know, because I, know, I yeah, I'm tired of the crap that we're getting fed year after year, and 
being excited for game releases and then they're just total shit Tell sorry yep <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. know, God, like the next Dragon Age, I'm like, oh, oh please, don't, Will. Please. I'm, I'm worried about that one. <laughs> nobody, it's just, yeah. nobody wants to spend 60, 70, 80 dollars on a game for it to be broken like immediately. And that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Well, because a lot of it's down to a lot of the AAA stuff is all down to deadlines. So, regardless, they have to have these games out by those deadlines. And there's no way around that's that. Ridiculous, which, though. Yeah. It's a ridiculous business model because you want to actually, you if you've got something to release, if it's not ready, you can't release it. But yeah, these because they have deadlines, they, they a lot of these things are released in a state where they probably should have had a few more months yeah. to get it over the finish line. And Baldur's Gate Three is just a perfect example of how if you just let something cook, yeah, give it time <laughs> and love. And release and it on it, early access, yeah. like even yeah. if it's got bugs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's the most I've ever spoken. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that, was awesome. that was so good. I'm so passionate about this game yeah. and completely just love it with all yeah. my heart, and it has touched me in ways like emotionally and again with relating to characters and it's uh it's helped me a lot and it's helped other people a lot That's and awesome. i love that yeah god i just want to fucking go and play it now <laughs> i'm sorry ahead of time like, I... ben what would you get it on would you get it on playstation or um, pc a pc probably for um Mouse and keyboard reasons. Mouse and keyboard. Yeah, yeah. I've tried playing I, I think, it with a controller, but I feel like it's meant to be played with a mouse and keyboard. I think so, I'm probably going to have it on both because I think Tony, my fiance, wants to play it as well. So she's oh, going to so play gonna... PS5, and then I'm going to. She's going to love it too. Yeah. So beware, mate. So does the time beware listen. Listen. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> I am not alone in this. Okay, there are plenty of other women. Just <laughs> you know what the difference is though is that you are you are as romantic as he can be so hmm. <laughs> and when you meet Gale just uh you'll have to let me know who he reminds you of you know because oh, yeah. uh he's kind of like Will <laughs> oh, I'm gonna romance hysteria so does anyone know if the touchpad on the PS5 controller works like a mouse for it? I don't know, Jamie. I don't know what the controls are like for the console versions, actually. It's They've like a wheel quite of good. your um, spells and... Uh... Yeah. I remember um, Divinity 2 had a really good sort of control system when you plugged in a controller. So I think they're probably, it probably is quite a, um, a good system they've probably got. The only thing, one thing that I wish that they would add to the game is inventory management because I pick up everything. <laughs> and I'll spend like 10 minutes in a fight on my turn like, all right, let's see what we got here. <laughs> do you get overcome like you normally do in other I think, uh, games? I beg your pardon? Well, you know when you've got, you've got, you're carrying too much stuff. And you're over oh, yeah, you do get slowed down. You yeah, do I'm, get slowed being, down. I'm being rude, Jamie. I'm sorry. Oh, well, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jamo, it looks but... like the touchpad is just used to open the map in the game but oh. like you can share your um you can share your 
inventory with your companions. Like you can add, put stuff on them if you get too burdened. Right. Or if burdened. You, that's over. Yeah, that's what I was looking. Over encumbered. Over encumbered. Yes, <laughs> not overcome. Overcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overcome with loot. <laughs> Me. <laughs> i pick up every scroll every potion i've I, i've oh yeah one thing that i do in the game is i find like backpacks or like pouches and i will try to put all my potions in one put all my scrolls in yeah. one that helps a little bit yeah. but it does get overwhelming trying to scroll through everything <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks for uh thanks for indulging my fangirl no that was awesome sam this it's that was really good Will. Will, you're not jealous of Astarian, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why he stopped. That's why he stopped playing it. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's oh, it. He look at him. He's clearly rocking his playthrough. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I fucking might, though. <laughs> I'll cry. <laughs> Oh uh, no, no! We all have our video game characters that we get oh, obsessed yeah. with. Them, yeah. So, uh, and he's not Liara real. Back in the day, yeah, the Liara. That's yeah. what I said to Sam. That's what I said to Sam when she was worrying about it. So, no. <laughs> uh, anything else, Sam? Uh, the music in the game is phenomenal. I listened to "Down by the River." It, it plays in the character creator, but I listen to it uh, at least a few times a week just to listen to it. <laughs> Beautiful game. 10 yeah. out of 10. Best game I've ever played. <laughs> Anything else to talk about? How other than been talking? <laughs> <laughs> What's up to you, Sam, if you have anything else to talk about? Um. Oh, I did want to talk about a movie I saw Friday night. Um, <laughs> Thanksgiving? <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen a good slasher film in a minute, and uh, Thanksgiving is a... It's, it's, like, probably one of the best slasher films I've seen in a bit. <laughs> it is out over here, uh, listeners, yeah. in the UK, even though it has... I don't know how well it'll do worldwide, because obviously it is named after an American holiday. Mm. But, um, yeah, from what I've seen on the internet and my movie rating app, uh, people do seem to think it is probably the best slasher of the last, like, 10 to 15 really? years. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. yeah, it's a it's it's pretty funny, like in a dark way too. Because yeah. um, it's a very it's a very American film. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um I think it's Ari Aster who did it, the guy behind uh, lots of really uh, good horror movies recently. Um, oh, sorry, Eli Roth. It's Eli Roth. Please excuse me. Oh, Eli yes. Roth is the director well, of Hostel and Cabin Fever and and things like that. This might be a. Uh, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but like the premise of the movie is uh, Black Friday. You know, it's an American holiday over here. People literally kill each other over discounted uh, items. Capitalism, baby. <laughs> um, this, uh, this man's wife uh, gets killed accidentally during a Black Friday situation and uh it's it's insane like people are just honestly how it happens over here doing black friday sales awful <laughs> violent over waffle irons and then the next year um people that were there when it happened uh, they start getting 
butchered. And it's funny because like a lot of the deaths are like Thanksgiving themed and it's just, it's corny and it's hilarious and it's gory and it's worth a watch if you like slasher films. Other Definitely. than that, I haven't been consuming a whole lot of media. Just other a lot than of Baldur's Gate. Oh, shit. I should have talked about something else. Fuck's sake. Now oh, that you said that. Oh, it. I can't believe it. We can talk about believe... Overwatch too. Nah, nah, nah. I was thinking of a, some, some media, some television media. Oh, I can't believe I forgot about it. Oh, I'm so upset. I'm upset for you. <laughs> Um, I think that's that's it. I've talked a while about that. Nice. So, uh, what is your song of the month? Of the month? Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, this song wasn't released this year, but in uh, in honor of the best game of all time, Down by the River by yeah. Boris Saw... What's his name? <laughs> My bad. Borislav Savov. Slavov. Slavov. Cool. Okay. Um, so we've saved the best for last. The man. Let's hype him up. The, the hype man him up. himself. Legend. J Mo. J Mo. J Mo. He's not even there. <laughs> He's tuned out. Hey, I'm still here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tuned out at all. Oh my word! Yeah. I'm just now looking at prices for Baldur's Gate. Does it? <laughs> Do it, Jamo. Yeah. Have I sold you? I have. Oh, man, I was going to hire me. Oh, I tell you what. The thing is, I was going planning to play it over the Christmas break because don't have work and usually get a nice bit of time off. And then I'm thinking, oh God! After him, after he's speaking about it, and I'm like thinking, oh my God! If I can find one with a few discounts on for the PlayStation, because <laughs> the PlayStation Store, it's not been discounted at no, all. Like no, I don't think it has a physical release, yeah. unfortunately. No, it would. It well, does. It's coming out with one. Oh. It oh, will yeah, be, yeah. yeah, yeah. But the um, yeah, place I've did look for a digital version of it, like. You know, with oh, that's the worst thing about having the digital only PS5 is that games are never discounted. <laughs> I know, I know. I CD keys, there's loads of Xbox discount stuff, but yeah, you never find the PlayStation. Yeah, well, I've got this version as well, but I just there's certain games that you're thinking I've I'd love to just have it on the hard drive all the time. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate is one of them. I need a <laughs> PS5, I want to play Spider Man 2. Yeah, it is. It's. So, I, I so do Jamo. love my PS5. Yeah, go on. Jamo. <laughs> it's okay, we can do this. Jamo, what, what have you been consuming? Uh, oh, in, oh, oh, it's, it's oh uh, do you want me to talk about stuff? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> we would love for so, you to, Jamo. Let's go. No, it's. So, I suppose the thing is, I've, I've been playing loads of stuff since we last last recorded and i suppose the things is i've been nipping in and out of things so i haven't really given them as much time as i should something like resident evil 4 the remake for instance that game is phenomenal um and i've got to chapter four in it and i love it in fact it'll probably be in my game of year chat if we do a game of year podcast there's certain things and i remember the last time i was on as well 
I absolutely slagged off Souls Likes, especially Wolong. Yes, you did. You yeah, did. I was absolutely incensed. I've got to admit as well, I was a little bit, I don't know whether any of you guys played it, Ben, probably yourself. I was disappointed with Jedi Survivor as well. Really? Um, to a certain degree. Yeah. I, I, I love the open world. I love I love the actual stuff in the open world bit on some of the planets. And I, of course, it yeah. looked amazing. The issue I had is it was telling a great story about obviously the old Republic and how the Jedi and the Sith were fought. And that was great. That was what, that was kind of the Star Wars story I needed at this point. And then there's a bit towards the end where it just follows Star Wars tropes, which it's a Star Wars game at the end of the day, but I didn't need to see a certain big Star Wars character coming into the story at the point that they do. And it's not warranted for the story. It was just warranted for a boss battle out of nowhere. And I was just, I just put the game down. I was so disappointed. Mm. Um, It just, it ruined the story for me because I don't need a certain character. I didn't feel that a certain character needed to be there. Maybe as sort of a I think it was inevitable. Yeah. I think it was always going to happen. Yeah, I just don't think it needed. The story yeah. was good up until... And then that kind of made... It sort of ruined the fun for me. So I sort of dropped it and never I went back as to well, it. Because I know, I know which people are talking about. It also yeah. felt like the game was over at that point. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 I thought that there was a yeah. twist there and all the stuff you'd done before that point, it was really good. Yeah. But I, I, would, I, I would say, it. I would say... I don't think the story was as strong as the first game. No, true, Personally. true. I wasn't yeah. as I wasn't as invested as I was in the first game. Yeah, but um, I really liked the gameplay. Uh, the performance of it was terrible, though. Yeah, I know. Even on the um, I was yeah. playing it on. Perf- were you playing quality or performance? Oh, uh, let's 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 put some quotation marks above performance. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's um... bollocks. Yeah, yeah, it was that was optimized. But it yeah. was just it should if it was just for next gen it should have been better. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's a negative chat because I only want to touch on this game slightly because I've only done the first major 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 boss in it. But I've got to say when we're coming talking about Souls Lights, Lords of the Fallen has completely ah. blown me away. I'm playing it. It's on running on Unreal Engine five. So Will was talking about Forsaken earlier, um, and. Unreal Engine 5, it does have its performance issues because every single every single couple of days I keep on getting a new update for Lords of the Fallen coming through. So they are working on it. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised by just how much of a great Souls-like this game is. I must admit, I've seen a very limited... Um gameplay of this all the ui and stuff it's like jesus this this looks like a bloody from software game it like, does even the ui and the the mm. like christ it's like they're trying to copy and paste oh it but it has something a little bit different so do you remember a game called legacy of kane soul weaver that was a ps1 oh, game? yeah yeah and There's you could go between realms so you could go between the the main world and then you could go under you could go into this underworld to solve puzzles that were in the main world. Well, this has a same similar sort of um, 
thing to it whereby you have this lantern on you and you go into the umbrella which is this dark underworld from the past but so yes, it makes areas yeah so certain areas where you're thinking how do i get through this all of a sudden you go into this underworld bit and it completely takes you in but when you're in this underworld you can only be in there for a certain amount of time before all these enemies start to rise up and the enemies get harder harder coming towards you so you'll get more powerful enemies coming towards you the longer you're in this umbrella area um it's a very clever um what's the word it's it's got something different to it this makes it this gives it something that other souls like games don't have and i think that adds to the gameplay hugely good. yeah it is it it brings something new to the platform and because it's running on unreal engine 5 the actual smoothness of the combat that you need in a game like this i've i'm playing it on performance mode and obviously quality mode it looks stunning but in performance mode the combat it's just so the high um, frame rate and it, yeah, it, and it is important in these sort of games. Yeah. yeah. And your timing is, you know, you'd still have to get your timing correct. And yeah. obviously there's a parry system in it. Um, but as I say, I've only just done the first main, main boss and she was an excellent boss battle whereby it was slow, methodical, but also a powerful battle. You had to learn the moves. Um, she wasn't easy by any means, but it wasn't like the boss battle, the first boss battle in Wo Long, where it's just impossible. Um, you know, it's just, it wasn't that harsh. It wanted you to learn think, the moves in the game. Yeah, I think that's what where a lot of these Souls-like games go wrong, is they just think it's all about it being really difficult, but it's like, no, that's not why the, the Souls first part, games are yeah. good. Well, the first boss battle is important, like from a huge part, because that's yeah. your tutorial bit over with. Yeah. And almost, but it builds you up to that point. You don't get the boss battle straight away. So it does, you do have to go through areas before you get to it. And you can, you know, there's, um, there's soul areas where you can go and, you know, battle and to level yourself up and that. And it does, I mean, it reminds me a lot of Dark Souls 2, actually. Um, okay. if Dark Souls 2 yeah. had been better optimized because <laughs> Dark yeah. Souls 2 it suffered majorly mm. um, but like I say I've only I'm only early days into it but I I think it's phenomenal. yeah a lot of people like this don't they yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's I think it's obviously coming off Elden Ring last year and it's not a you know let's just say it's not a patch on Elden Ring but it is better than most souls likes and mm. it has a little gimmick that is it works really well so i think cool. yeah it's a i think it's a really good souls like um but yeah it's um it's something that i will be playing a lot more leading up to christmas before i get into my boulders gate stuff <laughs> but yeah yeah so i just wanted to mention that um because it's not all bad on the souls like area there are some good ones um, it may even. I've heard good things <coughs> about um, Lies of P. Yeah, oh yes, that was the other about one. To say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was the good. other one. Yeah. yeah, and you're meant to be able to the upgrade system for your abilities and weapons meant to be superb in that. It's a bit more on the Bloodborne side of yeah, um, the, like the style. Yeah, mm. Mm. and it is it running on? Is that running on Unreal? I'm not sure actually. Well? I actually don't know. 
Well, I'm sort of spoiled now. Now I've seen stuff running on it. I, <laughs> I want to play Unreal Engine Four, 5. I yeah. don't want to go backwards now. Um, so it's, it's on Unreal Engine 4. Oh, is it Unreal? Okay. Okay. I can't. There was another game I started playing the other week that was on Unreal Engine 4. I can't. It'll come to me. Um, but I thought, oh, that's quite neat. And then I didn't. Again, going back to Unreal Engine 5, I'm spoiled. I just want that that level of fluidity <laughs> now all the time. Um, so moving on, because I know I want to get through this quite quick because the crew motor fest, um, I was so coming into the crew motor fest, the crew games have a little bit of a history about them in that they've had big open worlds and they've had good ideas, but the handling and the performance has been the big letdown. Um, the crew too, I actually played in lockdown and I liked about 70% of it, but actually because it's doing so many things, you have boats, you have planes, you have cars, the handling was always a little bit off and they, they worked wonders with the events and all the actual styles and actually the look of the cars was really good in it. Um, but it never felt as good as say a Forza Horizon game which to be honest the open world racing game is kind of sewn up by Forza Horizon until now that is um I think since so the crew motor fest came out in September and it was when it first came out it was actually the biggest selling crew game so it's already outsold crew two by miles and obviously the crew one um, obviously the crew is a little bit of a niche product at this point because Forza Horizon is so big and it is probably Xbox's staple racing game um, Forza Motorsport we won't discuss that um, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <Ooh>. yeah <laughs> it is but the crew Motorfest it is so when you first start it up it has a similar start up to Forza Horizon in terms of you've got this massive festival going on you've got all these people that are trying to be cool and talking like people that don't talk like that um all these like cool dudes type chat um but then underneath the service they had this really cool playlist setup so you've got this lovely open world of Hawaii um obviously We've been to Hawaii in other open world games, Test Drive Unlimited 1 and Test Drive Unlimited 2. It's actually, so the Crew Motor Fest, I didn't realise this until I sort of saw the name come up on the screen. It's actually made by Ivory Towers, who are the team that made Test Drive Unlimited 1 and Test Drive Unlimited 2. So they already know what they're doing with this type of game. Um. You have these play, so you've got this massive open world of Hawaii, and the reason I could see the reason why they've chosen Hawaii because you have like town areas, you have great um, like um, off roading areas, and then you've got this beautiful vistas as well, and it has an amazing weather system. So you get storms, and they're proper storms in this game as you're driving around the open world. But they have this system for races called playlists. So you open up a playlist and 
you have to buy a certain car for each playlist from the store, but you earn money as you race through. The playlists are themed. So, for instance, one of the first playlists I did was the Porsche playlist. And it takes you through a history of Porsche with these races. So you go to these races and you'll be racing a 911 Carrera from, say, the 80s. And then you go to another race within the playlist and you're racing a a 9, like a Porsche GT car in a GT track. And But what you get is before you start each race, you get a little bit of a history of the car and the vehicle and it it sort of adds to the experience, as it were. You then, you have different types of races. So you'll have your circuit races, you'll have your checkpoint races where sometimes you're only racing against one other car. And then you have like slaloms races where you get points going through slalom gates and then you have to get to the finish line. Um, but my point is there's a lot of variety within the races. Um, and obviously once you've done all the races in a certain playlist, you then win money and you also win a car. Most of the time the car is linked to what the playlist is. So that's pretty much the single player stuff. There is, but the multiplayer is probably where it's at. Like with all these games, especially Forza, it feels like a game of service. So mm. you're sort of, this game is not designed for like a one-year stint. This is clearly with a thing of constantly going back to earn more credits to, you know, there's going to be lots added to this game. So the multiplayer aspect is probably one of the most important sides to it. So they have these summit, um, what are they, summit festivals every week, which is kind of like the Forza Horizon Forzathon. And basically the summits you have these set races and challenges and you just have to keep on doing them over and over because you earn points you earn money you earn cars you earn clothing items and on your own it can be a little bit um it's great because you're obviously climbing the leaderboards but the nice thing of what this game does have and i've just mentioned leaderboards and online leaderboards and they're very easy to access and friends leaderboards so if you have mates that are playing it on the same system it is cross network as well cross platform so if you've got mates that you have the gamer tag on your system they will then their times you have a friends leaderboard list so their times show up on your leaderboards so then you can almost create your own leaderboards for a certain event so a couple of guys that i work with they have the Crew Motorfest as well. And every week when there's a new summit on, it turns into like an interwork competition because we'd, we'd be doing certain races and we'd be looking at each other's times on the leaderboards and we'd be trying to, every day, we'd be going into work going, oh, by the way, I beat your time the other night. And then the next minute, another one of us has gone into the same race and they come back the next day, they come in and go, oh, I beat your time last night. So it creates this really nice um, inter-friend competition. And I think so far, I think since I've had it in September, I think I've put in about 70 hours into Crew Motorfest. Just purely, just purely on 
the friends racing each other on leaderboards. Wow. It reminds me of like, um, you know, how it used to be back in the day when Hot Pursuit came out, right? Need yes. It's kind of reminds me I was going to say, it's but... very like classic racing, sort of trying to beat your, your mate's times. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's something that I don't think there's many games that, I mean, obviously Need for Speed Unbound had it, but they were very difficult to get the lead. And I like Need for Speed Unbound. That was a good game. Forza has it, but again, it's finding the leaderboards. Whereas the leaderboards on Crew Motefest, you're going to a race and you just press the square button and all of a sudden you bring up the leaderboards. I actually posted a video into our um, WhatsApp group so I could, so you could actually see sort of the ideas of it's about a three-minute video. But also, it just it works. And I think that's the issue sometimes with these games that are leaderboard-based. It's sometimes the leaderboards don't work or times mm. don't go on. I mean, there's still perimeters to get onto leaderboards. So in order some of these races, you have to finish in the top three in order to register your race time, or you have to do it in a certain time to register your race time. But that's just the perimeters of the or the parameters of the race. Um, but yeah, I th- it's it's an amazing game. I think it's obviously crew it sort of bodes well for where the crew games go after this. Um, having said that, it's an open world racer and I'd be lying if I said there weren't problems with it. Um, sometimes the handling on the boats and the planes can be a little bit off. Um, also, as you're driving around the open world, they've done this thing whereby the the races that are playlist races you actually see them as you're driving around the open world. So if they're using a bit of the road that you're driving down, you'll see like these mirrored invisible cars come through you, come racing towards you. They go straight through you, but it's quite off-putting at times. I did notice that. There are a lot, and a lot of them are like not actually real players. I did notice as well. No, they're AI. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I, I, I mean, it's cool to make it feel like the world is populated by other people doing the same thing as you. Yeah, yeah. I think that the the balance that Forza Horizon has, where obviously they are always real players mm. actually playing the game, yeah. is better because I, I get it. They wanted to make it feel alive, but at the same time, there are so many, so many. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes what will happen is you'll be driving around and uh, someone that's driving around online in the same area of you, you'll look on your map and there'll be like this white arrow. That is an online player in like the same server as you. So you'll drive through and think they're so say you've you're doing one of these like slalom races that are just like in the open world to earn money. You could be doing one of these slaloms and all of a sudden an online player that you think's an AI car racing through is actually an online player and you'll be doing a slalom, you'll bump into them and it will completely stop your progress in that slalom race. <laughs> um which can be a little bit frustrating. Um so there are little caveats. Um, another positive though, and this is in the video that I've put into WhatsApp group, the map, the actual map of the island and your actual map is phenomenal. So it's done like a 3D map. The crew too had this map as well, but it didn't work as well because obviously the hardware couldn't take how much information was in this map. So as you you pan out to the map and you can obviously look at it like flat world, 
but then you zoom in and it goes 3D and you can see your car and look around, but you can see the races that are going on in the island as well. And you can zoom in on those races and you can see the cars racing around, which is so cool. I mean, in terms of just an image or a sight, it looks amazing. Um, Obviously, it can be a little bit confusing because there are a lot of, once you've done these playlists, you then open up challenges, which are designed to the playlist. And so they come up on your map Mm. and the fast travel thing, you do have fast travel in it. But you have to do ten. You have to finish ten of the playlists before fast travel opens up. Which, to be honest, isn't really a problem because, like Spider-Man Two, driving around the actual world is—it's a beautiful um, world to drive around in. Some of the lighting effects and the detail on the cars is phenomenal. Um, you can zoom in in the tires and the actual the engine side and the paintwork. It's it's a, you know, it does look stunning. I would actually go so far as saying that in terms of Ubisoft games, and to be honest, Ubisoft do put a lot of work in their games and they do have a good... I think this is one of the best-looking Ubisoft games I've ever seen. Um, just purely the reflections on the cars and, you know, it does have ray tracing on, like, the puddles and the water effects as well. So when you are actually on the boats or on the stuff, the water effects are pretty special as are the mud effects so if you're on like a quad bike or scrambler and you're on a dirt track going up one of the mountain paths in the jungle bit the mud you know you feel like you you're racing through thick mud and it is thick mud um it's it's got so much to it like i say uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they progress with the crew after this and because there's so much potential for this to be a massive series um and yeah. it's, it's good for forza horizon to have a challenge you that's know, true, that's true. <laughs> you know i did i was as much as i loved forza horizon 5 to look at i didn't play it anywhere near as much as i did forza horizon 4 so that tells you something whether mm. it's the world whether it's the cars whether it's the innovate enough. yeah that's no, yeah. It. it didn't innovate so you sort of there is this thing of you know you can have this amazing looking game but if you don't innovate enough or give you enough um what's the variety you're gonna get bored of it very quickly and like i say i think crew motor fest has a lot of variety to it i mean having the extra vehicles does help the motorbikes and it's got formula one cars in it as well uh, there's a racetrack area which has a proper race circuit on it and you do races around there you win um um, Max Verstappen's Formula One car, which you can then drive around in the open world of Hawaii in a Formula One Red Bull for Formula One, which as is you do. yeah, as you do. But it's cool, you know. It that's the type of thing you want to do, you know. Just escapism, it's fun. Yeah, it's I, think, so I think fun. racing games need to be a bit, a little bit silly nowadays. Yeah, you, know, you need a bit of fun. Yeah, I think I think just having it as a sim is it's just not as it's not going to keep you for as long as as they used to no no, no. i mean full sort of wise no, uh, no leisurely drives eh, mate no no more leisurely oh, drives, leisurely oh, drives and all pgr4 mm. oh man they were good those are the days yeah. uh, pgr4 what um just a final thing before i finish off because i've put this in the chat and i 
I've got some new a new little gaming device, and it's really cool. So Blaze Entertainment, who make the Evercade, have got a new side to their thing called the they're called Hyper Megatech, and they've brought out these tiny little Game Boy sized consoles called Super Pockets. I was gonna say it looks like a, it looks like a Game Boy Color, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. designed to be like that. So basically, this is sort of a sister product to the Evercade system. Still the retro game style, but what they do is they've got two out at the moment. They've got a Capcom one, which is loaded with 12 Capcom games, and they've got the Taito one, which is loaded with 18 games, including stuff like Bubble Bubble and New Zealand Story and um, Operation Wolf and Rastan and two versions of Space Invaders as well. But the beauty of it, there's a cartridge slot on the back, so you can use your Evercade cartridges with it as well. So Evercade cartridges now are getting to the point where they're they're releasing some really good um, retro stuff. So the cartridge I've got in at the moment is the Delphine Software cartridge, which has Flashback, Another World. It has a couple of the point-and-click adventures on it, such as um, Operation Stealth, which is like a special agent one. Um and it's um, yeah, they're getting to the point where the cartridges are are getting some really interesting stuff. There's a Evercade two Evercade cartridges coming out in a couple of weeks, which are the Duke Nukem collections. <laughs> so they've got six Duke Nukem games across two cartridges. Um, they've obviously had Team Seventeen collection out this year, which includes Alien Breed and um. Oh, what was it? Alien Breed and Body Blows on it. So they've got about three Alien Breed games on it. But it's, I sort of, my whole link with with like retro gaming, it sort of reminds me of childhood, which is why it's so important to keep these things going. It's almost like game preservation because these games could get lost, you know, like old film reels and TV reels and, they're important you know the a lot of the tato games come from a time where arcades and these are arcade versions of games that are on the that are the built-in games so you know these games come from a time when video gaming was just getting started or just growing into before it became the massive mega bucks industry that it is now um but this little device is amazing it feels really good quality um the sound's amazing on it. For the size of it, you've got about four speakers across the whole thing. On the back of the system, you've got your R R one, R two, and your L one and L two buttons. Um, but for the price as well, these things are forty nine ninety nine, and I think it's the same conversion in America as well. They're about they're about fifty dollars in America. Um, these things are really good little um stocking fillers for christmas um and the screen is superb as well really bright yeah, and colorful. the colors pop they just jump out at you on it um but yeah it's a really cool device like i say i think um i actually think from my previous evercade handhelds because i've got the exp which came out last year which has got all the capcom games on it anyway but i've had issues with that i've had to say i've I've had problems with the battery unit and it just frazzling and only being able to play whilst it's been plugged into the charging port and stuff like that. Whereas this, 
no problems whatsoever. And my first ever Cade, which I've said was like built from parts on the shelf, has actually lasted very well. Um, but yeah, this this is brilliant and it fits in your pocket. It's designed to just be taken on a train or something like that. It doesn't have Wi-Fi on it, so it's not searching for Bluetooth or Wi-Fi signals. It's just straight up as it comes. And yeah, it's a great little device, great little stocking filler. And for forty nine ninety nine, you can't really go wrong with it. So, yeah, nice, awesome, yeah. yeah um, I'm trying to think of. Oh, I've got one last story as well. I know. So Greedo was meant to be on the podcast with us. So sorry you couldn't make it, James. Um, but I um, so me and Liam went to see um the creator. And obviously, Gareth Edwards' sci-fi movie. Um, and when we went to see it, I had to drag Liam to see it because he didn't want to go and see it. He was—he knew nothing about the film. Oh, I just wasn't bothered about it. Yeah, you weren't bothered about it. So you weren't bothered about it. And it was one of those things where I literally had to get free tickets to go and see it. <laughs> yeah. So... The creator is sort of like, um, have you guys seen this? I mean, I've I heard of it. I have no idea what it is, though. I will say, I feel like they've made a huge mistake in the marketing and naming of that movie because it does not sound like what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's almost like... Oh, no, I, mean, I know what this is. I've, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a Terminator film. It's, um, you know, obviously it's humans versus AI, the AI and obviously stuff's happened to make the AI and humans separated. The humans are hunting the AI down, and there's a last, there's a place where the AI are safe, but now the humans want them completely wiped off the planet. And these AI are robots and stuff like that. Bloody AI. Yeah. What I will say is we went into this film, and I didn't know as much about it as I thought I did anyway. Um <laughs> We went into this film not knowing much about it besides me knowing the trailers and that. Um, we ca- we both came out of it and Liam's reaction was amazing because he was like, that's probably the best film I've seen. And I was like, what? And he was just yeah, yeah. He absolutely, you know, considering that has changed since we've watched Cocaine Bear because we watched that <laughs> and he did say that's the best film. But yeah, but yeah. Best film, yeah, you heard it. But then Best we film came film. out of the creator at the cinema and we were both completely blown away by it. Um, I kind of put it in. So the past few years, we've had some proper sci-fi movies in the form of June, which I think is amazing. And Blade Runner 2049, which I absolutely adored. But I would put the creator on the level of those two. I, you know, I think the creator is a really, really good sci-fi film that has a good message in it, and it's a whole body. It's a body of work. So basically, when we got out of the film, I said, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't want them to make a sequel to it. I think the way it ends, it leaves it at a good point as well, um, and it's a really, it has a. It has a foot in the 80s sci-fi film feel about it. It has a lot of very modern um, cinescapes, as it were. It looks incredible. 
it has some amazing action scenes, but it has a really deep story and it has a heart to it as well, which is something a lot of these films forget to put in. Um, you know, it's I I was blown away by it. I f- like say Liam's reaction. I was just like, oh my god, what a film! If Liam likes it that much, then it's got to be good. So yeah, I thought it was phenomenal. Nice, JMO. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's one one I've been wanting to watch, but again, I feel like oh, that name is so bad. It is. It's Even the, the font they've used makes it look like a Jesus. Oh, you like film. a good font? Don't look at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh god. They, I, I does feel a shame because I think this will probably get a new lease of life once it comes out. It's coming out on Blu-ray in a couple of weeks' time. Oh yeah, I and think I think it's yeah, it is. It's going to be one of these cult sci-fi films for years to come. Um, but yeah, it's just so cool. It has some really cool moments in it as well. Mm. There's there's a bit where they go into a an area which is like Night City from Cyberpunk. And all the stuff that happens in that area is so good, like proper. Oh, it's like proper Blade Runner esque type Ooh. of cyberpunk style. It's really cool, um, but yeah, it's a good story. It's well worth watching. Nice so, shame though. Yeah. So, uh, what is your song of the podcast? Right, song of the podcast. Um, so, Creeper have a new album out. Um, and I've oh, said yeah. many times, yeah, <laughs> I've Creeper. I think are one of the best bands to come out of Britain in a long time. They're doing things differently, and <laughs> they their new album called Sangavore is basically a a story about two vampires and basically their cravings. The female the female vampire is deadlier than the male vampire who is like the he's like the head vampire type thing the female is um nasty and nihilistic and she's you know there's there's songs that tell the tale of her as she's taken her first kill and it goes into graphic detail within the song um it's quite it's amazing what they're doing though because obviously their music they've got they've got this 80s hair glam rock style to it and then they've got this slow melodic side which can be hauntingly beautiful very um dark and mesmerizing and then they've got this theatrical punk side to their songs which are just you know really fast paced and electrifying um but like I say they're making albums which are stories um so from the album this is my favorite song on well i would say single of the year there's other songs on the album but there's this one is the song that i've listened to the most so can you put cry to heaven on the um playlist please i've listened to that jamo it's very good there's a if i tell you the darkest song the ballad of spook and mercy and spook and mercy are the two vampires that is the song to listen to. It's very dark and twisted and tells a story within it. It's really good. But yeah, Cry to Heaven is the one. Nice, nice. Well, you've done it, listener. You've made it to the very end. I can't believe you've done it. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Sat there. With your <laughs> headphones, headphones on. We're making assumptions there. I know. It might not be the afternoon anymore. Like, who knows? listening to our silky voices. <laughs> 
Uh, people do listen to podcasts in bed. I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. And we will be back in who knows how long <laughs> with the next episode. Can we have a Game of the Year podcast, please? <laughs> we'll try our best. We'll try our best. Oh, good times. Well, yes, thank you very much. And uh, keep frosting those cakes. Oh, I, no reply. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs>